sorry, dear listener, panic over. I found my lip balm. It was in my bag. I know. Don't worry. We can settle down and carry on with this showboat of a show and see where it goes. Uh, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's three minutes past six on, let's be honest, what is a flipping cold day, isn't it? Oh, it was cold. The heating in my car is broken. It's either off or it's on super blast. And the super blast makes me feel, uh, you know, a bit nauseous. And I, have, I need to get an ice scraper as well, because I, I don't think I can sit in my car for 15 minutes each morning waiting for the ice to melt by me simply blowing on it. That's, that's not going to go down well with the neighbours. Anyway, on this morning's show, cold weather to one side for the moment, lots coming up. And I know you'll want to have your say, so I'll give out the details in a minute. Although why you haven't got our phone number on speed dial, I don't know. Also, I don't really know what speed dial is. I've never used it. Anyway... Cash payments for metal at recycling yards are no longer legal. What's been stolen from your church, home or school? The Duchess of Cambridge spends a second day in hospital for treatment with, of severe morning sickness. The question I want to ask this morning is, how interested are you in the news of the potential royal birth? And tomorrow, we bring together Luton Town's AstroTurf from 21 years ago. Reporter Justin Daly will give us a sneaky peek a little bit later on today. Lots of ways to get in touch. I suggest you go to the Facebook page, and I suggest you do it now before it gets too busy. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Uh, You can text us, 81333, starting your text 3CR, or you can give us a call, 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Scrap metal dealers in Hertfordshire say the new legislation making it illegal to pay cash for metal doesn't go far enough. The law is designed to try and prevent metal thefts from the uh, railway network, church roofs and telephone cables. BT has admitted that even some of its own staff are responsible for these thefts, though it stresses they are the exception rather than the rule. Well, Trevor Jones is the Archdeacon for Beds, Hearts and Bucks. He joins me now. Morning, Trevor. Good morning, Ian. Does this fill you with confidence, knowing that the police are monitoring this? Well, I think at least it's a step in the right direction, because as you say, it's a very serious problem in it's affecting all of us uh, in the community. I mean, from my point of view, as far as our churches are concerned, in the last five years alone, it's cost £27 million. Excuse me? £27 million to repair. That's incredible. Yeah, and nearly 11,000 cases of criminal damage inflicted on on, on these churches. Trevor, is it the case, because I remember this was always kind of a joke when I was a young lad that you'd see in comics, is it the case that you you, you close up the church one night, everything's fine, you go to a roof, and you you go back the next morning and the roof's gone? (laughs) Well, I mean, some of our churches are in quite remote areas, and uh, that that is part of the problem. Um, But people are quite vigilant in the communities, and of course our churches are well used you know we're not just a, a one day a week outfit <laughs> no is it is this going to be enough to stop the lead being nicked from the roof as i say i think it's a step in the right direction and uh, the police have been uh, really quite remarkable i mean it is an enormous problem as i say not only affecting the churches affects schools historic buildings the railways it goes right across mm. the community well, so we, just... we do need to go further. I, I, I agree. I think there needs to be further legislation to, to help stamp this out. Trevor, have a listen to this. We spoke, we've been speaking to churches about this problem in the past. Jill Webb is the Reverend of St Mary's Church in uh, Marston Mortain in Bedfordshire, which has been targeted by thieves. Uh, we actually recovered some of the lead that was uh, being stored to be picked up. Um, so they didn't get... But, I mean, it's 
next to useless really you can't actually recycle it um and and so really it cost us forty six thousand pounds i mean there was it it was a terrific amount of work writing to charities and asking them would they help us our insurance paid us five thousand pounds so i think a lot of people were feeling oh well the church will be all right they'll get it all back on insurance well no not it was um i think the insurers had been hit by so many lead thefts that they were not in any position to to give big payouts Sound familiar, Trevor? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's absolutely right. And, of course, I mean, insurance, prob- insurance companies do have an enormous problem. We see it now with the floods. It's very contemporary, isn't it? But you know, as far as uh, lead on roofs are concerned, it is an enormous problem because it's very, very expensive and it covers an expensive area. How much does it cost to insure a church? Well, it will all depend on um, on various things about the grading of the church. I mean, a, a historic uh, church building can be something in the region of £60,000 a year. Wow. And I, and I, listen, I, I, I've made insurance claims. Those guys are tough to get the money out of, aren't they? They are, but I mean... I, I, <laughs> You're I, such a patient I, man. They are, yeah. yes. I mean, most, most of our churches are, uh, are insured by a company called Ecclesiastical, who are specialists in, in, right. in church insurance, and they are remarkable. They're very good. They're very prompt in settling their claims. They're very good in advising churches. But there is a limit, inevitably. Uh, the more they're going to pay out, the more the premiums will have to go up. There's more legislation, Trevor, coming in next year, in theory, to prevent itinerant traders, a.k.a. thieves, from, yeah. from dealing in cash. Is it, it's got to be a good, a good thing, hasn't it? I think it has, yes. I mean, I think anything that can be done to tighten up on uh, the practice at the moment is going to be a good thing. Trevor, what have you got planned for Christmas? Exciting things? Oh, well, Christmas is always exciting because it's a tremendous uh, celebration in yeah. the Christian church and uh, my role is to go out and uh, help in parishes. So I'm in two different places, Christmas Eve and uh, Christmas morning, and I'm really looking forward to it. Good for you, Trevor. Can I, listen, this is the first time I've said this this year. I'm going to say it to you. Have a good Christmas. And I'll say to you, have a happy Christmas. There we go. You see, it started. Thank you very much, Archdeacon Trevor Jones. It's the first time I've said it, and I've got a little Christmassy rush going through my body. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455555. Have you had a, 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 any lead nicked? I know, I know I'm speaking to a niche market here, but have you? Had you, you turned up at work one day and the roof's gone, or the, the pipe's gone, or the cabling's gone. We had the phone cables from our street nicked a little while ago. People in fluorescent jackets just went and nicked it. You can do anything in a fluorescent jacket. 08459 455 555. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call. One of the big talking points uh, this morning in the office has been, and when I say talking, I mean shouting points, has been, though it has, let's be honest, but it's all it's all part of the course and we all love each other. Uh, but the, the royal baby, I don't know if you've heard, yeah, there's a royal baby. Uh, there is a debate over how interested people are and we were kind of going well are people interested some some one camp in the, the office thought that people were one camp in the office thought that people weren't uh, so i'm we're gonna i'm gonna put it out to you are you interested in the fact that, that kate middleton is having a baby does that interest you in any way whatsoever i, I genuinely don't know uh, what the public mood is on this. We're being told that we're interested. It's on the front page, and we'll go through the front pages in a bit. It's on the front page of most of the newspapers. So, is it one of those stories that we're told that we're interested in, so we become interested in? Or, or, or couldn't you give us stuff? 084... I'm genuinely interested to get your opinions on this either way. 08459 
four double five five double five. Kate Middleton and her potential baby. B- bear in mind, she's not twelve weeks yet. It's, it's a little bit early to be talking about it. Uh, are you interested? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And I don't want a simple yes or no. I want reasons. If you're interested, explain to me why. And if you couldn't care less, again, sell it to me. Had a very exciting meet- meeting yesterday about the Christmas special that Jonathan and I will be uh, will be doing. Boxing Day special. Me and Jonathan Vernon Smith. <laughs> it's worth listening to, I think. Now, he and Heavy, he's my brother. It's a cracking song, right? It's a cracking song. That's the Justice Collective. It's raising money for Hillsborough. <clears throat> if you want to hear... Uh, like, the Hollies version, I think, is the definitive version of that. It really is just wonderful. If you want to hear the most miserable... It's a brilliant version, but the most miserable version of He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother, the Neil Diamond version. It's the slowest, most depressing take on that song ever. It's wonderful because of it. It's not in any way a criticism. But it's so slow and plodding and ponderous. It's wonderful. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459. Four double five five double five is the phone number. You can give us a call about any of the things that we're talking about. Um, and any, any things that we're not talking about that you think perhaps we should be talking about. Give us a call. Well, at the end of this Jubilee year... Was the Jubilee this year? I'm so confused with all the events that we've had. With the Jubilee and with um, the the Olympic everything, it's it's blown my mind. News of a royal baby for Kate and Wills. That's Catherine and William to you. It's all over the morning's front pages. Kate expectations is the headline in the Sun. Do you see what they've done there? A nation's joy, a husband's nerves, says the Daily Mail. Uh, the Duchess of Cambridge remains in hospital this morning. She's being treated for severe morning sickness. Well, our reporter, uh, Justin Dealey, is in Luton this morning to find out how interested you are in the news. Happy um, baby, Royal Baby Day, Justin. <laughs> and to you, Ian, and to you. Um, absolutely everywhere this story, as you mentioned, it's on the front page of uh, pretty much every single newspaper this morning. Twitter was going absolutely mad yesterday. But the question is, do people really care? I've been speaking to people in Luton this morning, and this is what they've had to say. Kay, are you really that bothered about the raw baby? I'm not ecstatic, but I'm really pleased for them. And tell us why you're so pleased. Just because it's nice having a baby. It's something positive. Some people are still quite negative, but we had that course for the raw wedding. When this baby finally arrives, I think the nation will be celebrating, won't they? Yes, I'm sure they will, definitely. Excellent stuff. What's your name? Joy. Do you really care, Joy? Not really, but happy for Will and Kate. So no passion at all, but you say, OK, good for you, yeah, but I don't care you. personally. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, no. Don't do babies. Yeah. <laughs> OK, and yourself, madam? It's Heather. Heather, and your reaction to the front page here? We've got Kate Middleton on the front, the Duchess of Cambridge. Um, are you happy for them? Yes, very pleased. Do you think as a nation we do care? I think we do, yeah. I think we're very pleased and like happy things. I think we'll like it when the baby arrives. It'll be very what, good. What we don't need, though, is some stupid name, do we? No. <laughs> Just keep it nice and normal. Yeah. Forget Apple or any of this nonsense. No, that's very yeah. true. Stuff, guys, have a good day. Thank you Thank so much you. for your time. There you go. There's just some of the views there. And it's going to catch up with this man over here as well. Sir, good morning to you from the BBC. Can I ask you a quick question? It's about Kate Middleton on the front page of the paper. Um, are you really bothered about any sort of raw baby? No, no, no. Don't bother me. Every woman to get pregnant and make a difference. That's it. Lovely. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Have a good day. Whatever you decide to do. All right, thank you. 
Wasn't he wonderful at the end there, Ian? Wasn't he absolutely <laughs> wonderful? Doesn't bother me. Every woman gets pregnant in it. Uh, so, so he clearly is not that fussed. <laughs> can, I just, can I just, I have to say, for legal reasons, not every woman gets pregnant in it. No, not everyone <laughs> does. No. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, Mr Grumpy there. But uh, you heard some of the views. Some people saying, yeah, good for them, but, but not too much passion. I think, you know, as a nation, I think we've got our own problems to worry about. And yes, it may be nice for them. I think when the baby does finally arrive, there will be something of a celebration. Pretty much like the Royal Wedding, to be fair, Ian. I think we had a, a lot of negativity oh, before that. Listen, if we get a day off work and we get to eat cakes <laughs> at, at nine o'clock in the morning, I'm happy to do, to do that. There are a couple of things. The first thing is, she, she's not even 12 weeks pregnant yet, so it's yeah, very it's early to kind of go out public with this kind of thing, because lots of things can happen in this in this period. It's a very tense time. Uh, and it does strike me, listen, I'm, I, I'm, uh, uh, I like the royal family. I'm, I'm sort of a little flag-waving royalist. But part of me does wonder, really... Is it is it front page news? Does it warrant the attention mm. that it's getting? And that was the heated discussion. Let's be honest, that was being had in the office this morning with one camp saying, "Well, you know, this is big. Let's go with this," and the other camp, me, saying, what? "Really? I don't. I don't see. You know, I wish them well. I don't wish them ill, but." excited? I don't know. You see, this is often the case, isn't it? When you get a story like this, when it involves the royal family, it always goes on the front page. Regardless of what that story may be, if it involves the royal family, something to do with a a baby, a wedding, anything positive, anything negative with scandals, and plenty of those with Harry as well, it always tends to make the front page. But I think, you know, I think most people waking up this morning will say, yep, good for them, but I don't think people are going to be going out buying presents just yet, let's say. I, when I was, uh, I don't know if you know, Justin, I was in New York recently. I heard, yeah, yes, Thanks yes. so much. <laughs> and um, I, uh, I was on, had a lovely train ride next to these three wonderful old dears who were in their 80s. Uh, and it was, it, you know, it was fascinating. Uh, we were talking, I was talking about how they'd been affected by the, the floods and the tornadoes and all of that nonsense. Uh, and they were asking me about the royal family uh, and, and how they were doing and what the view was on the royal family. And uh, did, did we still miss uh, Lady Diane? And uh, they, I know for a fact that they'll be over the moon about oh, this yeah. news. I tell you what, in America right now, they will be celebrating. Absolutely no doubt about that. They probably care more about the royal family than we do in this country. I think, I think that's quite sad, actually, but I do love the Americans. <laughs> I love the Americans. If, <laughs> hey, if an American lady's having a baby, then yes, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll get excited about it. Hey, great stuff. Where are you off to for the rest of the morning, Justin? Uh, well, I think more reaction on this to come. Okay. And also, of course, a little teaser ahead of our big day tomorrow. Tomorrow is the big day. Everyone has been talking about this. Forget the royal baby. It's the Lucentown AstroTurf reunion. Union, 21 years on, we are getting the pitch back together. So and yet I don't, I, I've, I've, looked, I've looked through all the papers, Justin, I do not <laughs> see it anywhere. <laughs> well, funny you should say that, because uh, I had an email last week from The Independent, who oh. may be running a feature on the AstroTurf reunion, which is happening tomorrow, live across Beds, Hearts and Bucks, from 7.30 until 9 Fan. at the Lucy Sports Park in Lucent. Fantastic. And, and people are allowed to come along, are they, and yeah. see you? if you have a, a piece of, of tat, <laughs> sorry, if you have a piece of the AstroTurf, <laughs> bring it along, we're putting it all you, back together. You were telling me, without giving away too many secrets of, of <laughs> secrets of tomorrow's show, you were telling me that there's a fella that's just got like a few strands of it. Yeah, he's got a few strands. <laughs> he couldn't quite get the pitch. Um, in actual fact, in the last 24 hours, um, I've had people in touch from Sydney 
and New York. Wow, they have moved away and they have taken their piece of Astro they've, Turf. They've hotline. called the Astro Turf hotline, have they? Yes, they have. Wow. <laughs> Justin, I'll speak to you later on. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. Uh, a few uh, tweets to at BBC3CR. Kerry Cobb. Yes, I can get excited about the Royal Baby. Any excuse for another street party? Then she's done a semicolon, an O, and a uh, closed bracket. If I turn my head, oh, it's a winky smiley face with a big nose. Clever. Uh, on the Facebook page, facebook.com. By the way, I, I keep banging on about Facebook. I know some of you shrug your shoulders. I thoroughly recommend it. I thoroughly recommend you go on there. Because we put loads of pictures and videos and things up. But it's also a cracking place for you to argue with people who disagree. And it's great. I, I, during the show and after the show, I'll go and look at it. And loads of you have been having fights and arguments and things like that. Play nice. Keep it, you know, keep it nice and friendly. But th- do go on there and have a little argument with, with each other. It's good fun. Uh, Gary on Facebook says, Not interested one bit. Is she the only one in the world having a baby? And the only one that has morning sickness? Shut up and get on with it. And I've just... If this isn't the headline in the news bulletin, I don't know what is. I've just been told Fleetwood Mac, ladies and gentlemen, are going out on tour. Yes, Fleetwood Mac are going out on tour. We will be following this story in my mind. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Catherine. It was Catherine, by the way, who, uh, before that bulletin, sent me the news that Fleetwood Mac were reforming and were going out on tour. Who's coming with me? Who's going to come and see the Mac? Anyone? Guys, anyone? Mm, they're, sh- they're literally shrugging their shoulders and waggling their heads and looking at their watches, you fools. <clears throat> Shame on all of you. Coming up in the next half hour of the show, lots of stuff. Uh, interested in the Royal Baby? Um, if you are, or if you're not, give us a call, 08459 455 555. And a very special sporting event is taking place in Bedford tonight. Find out what it is, and who's up for an award? Ah, we've given it away, it's an award. In the next few minutes. Listen, The Wanted, One Direction, Emily Sandy, that, that's, that's a pop song, alright? You got horns, you got sexy women in the background singing really loudly, and you got a bloke... He's probably got a moustache and a pot belly belting it out. That is what pop music should be. All right, kids? Good. Here endeth the lesson. Now, you'll all know about the BBC Sports Personality of the Year. Well, tonight here in Bedford, the regional version is taking place. The BBC East Sports Awards and plenty of local interest here in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Joined now by our sport editor, Jeff Doyle. Morning, Jeff. Morning, Ian. How did you find getting up this morning? Uh, fine, no you, problem at all. Are you sure you were pulling faces yesterday when it was it was uh, mooted? Listen, four kids in. No. About it. How, uh, how, how, how old's the youngest? Uh, the youngest is 18 months. <laughs> you, is don't, eight, you don't. Eight years old. Eight years old and 18 months. Man, you don't sleep at all. I don't. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay, listen, who's going to be claiming an award tonight? Who's up? Well, I'll tell you what, 2012, vintage year, isn't it? Olympics, Paralympics, we've got a number of candidates, as you'd expect. And, of course, as well as the big one, there are other categories as well. And our boys and girls are against, uh, you know, all the greats in Essex, Norfolk, Suffolk, Cambridgeshire, Northamptonshire. So these awards are for the East region. Sports personality, obviously, is the big one. Uh, Outstanding achievement, unsung hero, Paralympic sports personality. There are loads of them. And as well as all those awards, uh, Ian, there'll be torch tonight, games makers, and of course, it's great for us, it's in Bedford. We, we must be in with a good chance here in Beds, Hearts and Bucks, because our local Olympians, you know, we've we got some of the big stars here. Well... 
all four of the nominees for the sports personality yeah. are from here. There we go. Oh, come on then. There we go. Yeah, we, we lead the way. Ben Mayer from Bishop Stortford, who won the team show jumping gold at the London Olympics with Team GB, of course. Victoria Pendleton, she doesn't need much of an introduction, does she? Uh, from Stockfold in Beds. Uh, and then the two more, and it's worth digging out the commentary of their performances, the other two at London 2012. First, Bedford's canoeist, Etienne Stott. Unbelievable scenes! Unbelievable scenes inside the Lee Valley White Water Centre. Tim Bailey and Etienne Stott from Bedford have taken the gold medal in the C2 event at the Lee Valley White Water Centre in Hertfordshire. I have never seen anything like this in my entire life. Lukash Mead, uh, they're commentating. And well done him for commentating at the same time as he was having an internal examination. <laughs> hopefully, he's presenting the regional programme from Bedford tonight at the awards, so hopefully he's, he's calmed down a little bit. <laughs> Otherwise, he'll be escorted off the premises. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. Who's who's the other one? Who's the other one that? Um, well, the other one uh, is uh, is you know the man who's going to be uh, an integral part of that Super Saturday. Everyone's going to remember it back in August uh, from Milton Keynes, the long jumper Greg Rutherford. Eight meters and thirty-one centimeters for Greg Rutherford. It's his second longest leap of the season, but most importantly, it extends his lead here. 8 metres and 21 centimetres, now out to 8.31, and he goes further clear and hangs on to the gold medal position. And it, just going off on a, a very slight tangent, Jeff, if you'll indulge me, uh, Greg Rutherford, there is a, you can draw him naked or something. Is, is there... <laughs> <laughs> Don't giggle. You, you, you know this is a, well. I wouldn't particularly want to, but there's a competition where you can draw him almost, well, almost naked. He'll be in his pants or something. Yeah, this this sounds fascinating to me, um, and sounds like a right laugh as well. He's doing it for charity, isn't he? Yeah. And people will be able to draw him and a few other people uh, for what is it for thirty minutes? Something like it's a group on deal. Fifteen people get to go and uh, get, draw him semi nude. I think is the thing. So he's going to be covering his, his you know, his, yeah, his long jump uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Saturday. And um, I, I know that, uh, that, that Justin Dealey is furiously entering that competition as many times as he can <laughs> for that opportunity. Um, it's going to be difficult to pick a winner isn't it and, and no doubt other plenty of other local sporty types up for awards yes indeed i don't know how you pick a winner out of those four and then you've got other awards as well like unsung hero there's an mk cyclist phil ashbourne who has uh, devoted 60 odd years to that sport and set up clubs for all ages and abilities red bull racing uh, at milton Keynes are up for team of the year um at Reed cricket club as well in hertfordshire and then you've got other ones like young unsung hero uh, katie sporton from mk club of the year and also school of the year two mile ash in milton Keynes. so there's local there's plenty of local interest you know as well as those big guns that we've spoken about, you know, others are going to be recognised as well tonight. Jeff, lovely to talk to you, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers. Ta-ta, there you go. You can hear our own Luke Ashmead at the awards this evening on BBC Three Counties from Seven. The BBC in beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The Royal Baby. Interested or not? It's on the front pages of all the papers. We'll go through them in a bit. Um, and it was it was all over the internet, all over the news. And listen, I, while I wish them the, the greatest of success, the, and coming out before the, if, if you've ever had a baby, you know the first twelve weeks. It's kind of you know it, 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 that's a very potentially dangerous period. And you, normally you you keep quiet until after the twelve weeks when you've reached that kind of safety barrier. I wish them the greatest of success. Of course I don't. I wouldn't wish them ill in the slightest. But p- kind of part of me went, well, yeah. That's the next, you know, well, the next 18 years, really, is going to be covered in great detail, isn't it? Are you interested? Am, am I being an old grump? Have I got the mood completely wrong? Are you interested? Did you watch the news yesterday and go, 
Fantastic. Well done, then. Relina, get the cigars out, Margaret. We're going to celebrate this. 08459 455 555. Asif is from Milton Keynes. Morning, Asif. Morning, Ian. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm great, actually, this morning. I'm very exci- <laughs> excited about lots of things that are going on. But what about the baby, Asif? Are you excited about that? Uh, not really. Oh. It, was, uh, it was of interest for about five seconds, so I thought, oh, that's interesting, that's nice for them, uh, and that was about it. Um, but I've just driven past, I'm in central London at the moment, okay. I've just driven past, uh, which appears to be the hospital they're in, I'm not going to name which one, uh, but there were at least seven or, seven or so media vehicles that I saw parked outside the hospital. Yeah. So it's, uh, there is of some interest. Well, is, okay, Asif, part of me thinks, now that I'm, I'm involved with the BBC and indeed the media, part of me thinks mm. that, that some of this excitement and interest is fuelled by the radio and by the papers and Absolutely. by the news. If, if they didn't cover it, would anyone be that bothered? Uh, personally, I, I think, yeah, exactly, it is fuelled by the media. Um... I would think that most people would be think, oh, that's very nice for them. Be pleased for them, obviously, and leave it at that. What I'm uh, not looking forward to is the next, like you said, the next 18 years of, of this coverage. I mean, we've, we know now we've got at least one year of constant coverage, you know, through the baby's first, uh, you know, first few months as well. Asif, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 43. Okay, so <clears throat> you're a little bit older than me. You'll, you'll remember then. Right. I, I, I just about remember William being born, and I certainly remember uh, Harry being born. Uh, yeah. And I, I remember the photo shoot with Diana and Charles and the two boys in, like, these sort of... Uh, they were pink, silk, sort of baby grows, sat under a tree. And I just remember looking at that and going, and, I do, you know, what I don't quite see. And we're going to get that all over again, aren't we? Yeah, uh, but what's worse this time, I think now we have 24-hour news coverage, mm. uh, they need to fill it. Mm. And uh, both the papers and, and the internet and everything else, the, the media has changed so much uh, since uh, William was born. Uh, that it's going to be so much constant now. Asif, thank you very much. Asif from Milton Keynes, but he is now officially our Central London Secret Hospital correspondent. <laughs> I would imagine that we could get the information as to what hospital it is quite quickly, but Asif is... <laughs> in fact, I can tell you, it's uh, King Edward VII. That's, uh, that's the hospital. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's a secretive, but well done you. Uh, a couple of um, comments from Facebook. Oh, the Facebook page is busy this morning. That's good. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Ian Dilly, not that interested, but would like to wish them well. And that's kind of how I feel. I wish them... The, 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 it's a very traumatic, stressful time, the early stages of pregnancy. I wish them the greatest success, but also... Uh, uh, and Dobbs... Oh, Dobbs, really? I'm not that interested, Ian. The world is ending in a couple of weeks. The 21st of December, to be exact. Really? Oh, my goodness. I just did all my Christmas shopping online yesterday. Thanks, Mayans, for that. Beds, hearts and bugs weather. Hello there. Well, it is looking rather cold outside at the moment. We're only getting up to 6 Celsius, 43 degrees in Fahrenheit. I think the official term is taters. That's your forecast. Kate, f- d- d- 10 out of 10 for y- using a phrase I've not heard for years. I- it is taters, taters out there, isn't it? It's absolutely taters. <laughs> Actually, my mum would be proud of you. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> It really is Taters. I was never a fan of Prince. I was thought it was, I was silly. You know, he's, he's always a bit purple and a bit pervy. And I was thought it was silly. And then I took my wife, uh, then girlfriend, I think, to see him in concert when he did those O2 concerts. And we were in the fourth row. And fair play. He, he was brilliant. 
He was brilliant. And at one point, <laughs> we were so close. We are in the fourth row. And he had that silly stage that was done out in the shape of his the, the Silly Prince logo. right? And he was stood right in front of us. <laughs> and I was showing off a bit. And I went, Oi, Prince! And he, he gave me the dirtiest look ever. Prince gave, me, Prince gave me the skunk eye. Can you believe it? Oh, snake eyes were staring at me. Oi, Prince! Oh, dear. Oh, wait, 459, 455, 555. Now, this is a, a fascinating story. Nursing leaders are launching a campaign to promote more compassionate care. They want health trusts to publish and explain their staffing levels at least twice a year. This is all because of the amount of concerns that have been raised over neglect and abuse in hospitals and care homes. We can speak now to Chris Ham, the chief executive of the health policy charity, the King's Fund. Morning, Chris. Good morning. The chief nursing officer for England, Jane Cummings, will speak at a conference. Do we know what she's going to say? Well, I haven't seen her speech, but we understand what she's going to say is that there have been some very sad, tragic examples of hospitals where standards of care for patients, particularly older and vulnerable patients, has not been acceptable. Mid-Staffordshire has been very much in the news. So I think what Jane will stand up and say today is that she's launching this initiative to try and improve the standards, the quality of nursing care to avoid things like that happening again. Well, what is the message here? The relationship between staffing levels and compassionate care? Well, that's one aspect, but this is a really complex problem, and we shouldn't get carried away with the headline about the number of nurses, because we know that if you want to provide the best possible care, it's to do with the training of the staff, not just the nurses, but the care assistants too, and critically important in our view, it's the leadership in every ward around the country, because where you have senior nurses on the ward in charge, leading the provision of high-quality care, then most patients, most of the time, get a very good service indeed and that's what we need much more of in future there's still very real concerns aren't there about neglect and even abuse at uh, hospitals and care homes there is, and Jeremy Hunt, the Health Secretary, spoke at the King's Fund only last week, and he gave a very strong message about the unacceptability of neglect. And uh, the sad fact is, this in part reflects discrimination and ageist attitudes within our society. It's not just a challenge for those providing care within the NHS or indeed in care homes. And it, it does happen a lot to, to elderly people, but it also happens to younger people. That I, um, uh, my, when my wife was in hospital with our first baby, and she was terrified, and she had a baby next to her and didn't know what to do and at three o'clock in the morning she pressed the alarm because she didn't know what to do she was worried 20 minutes later 20 minutes later a nurse turned up and went yeah don't press the alarm please can you wait until one of us walks past and it's just uh, uh, on the converse i've had some we've had some fantastic experience with, with with nurses why is this obvious compassion and care for people who are ill who are scared who are frightened why is that missing with some nurses well, I agree. And, you know, the point you make is an important one. It's the variability, it's the coexistence mm. within the NHS of world-class standards of care that all of us have experienced at some point in our lives. And then, very sadly, in a minority of cases, very poor standards of care. And it is very difficult to explain it. But I think it does come down very much to the leadership that's provided throughout the NHS at that ward level or in the community with the experienced nurses and other staff who really make a difference 
difference. They go the extra mile and they deliver the care that's genuinely patient-centered. But the other thing I want to say is that we need to be much better at measuring the experience of patients and seeking their feedback on the quality of care. The government's now doing that through something called the, the friends and family test. So asking a sample of patients, would you recommend this hospital to your friends and family? Were they to be treated in future? And to do that more regularly will help, I think, to tackle that low end of care, which is still too common. Chris, another story about staffing levels today. Just to go back to that, the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges warns that patients admitted to hospital at evenings and weekends face a postcode lottery as to whether they have access to senior doctors. There is some evidence of that, and we very much welcome the medical colleges taking a lead on this issue because a lot of people will not be aware. If you're admitted to hospital during normal working hours and there's a a senior doctor, a hospital consultant there, you will get one standard of care. But if you go in the evenings and sometimes Mm. at weekends where junior doctors are in charge, then the care may not be as good. So we very much welcome the medical colleges standing up and saying from the professional point of view... This cannot continue. We need to ensure every hospital throughout the country has access to senior medical advice and expertise round the clock. Chris, thank you very much. Chris Ham, Chief Executive of the health policy charity, The King's Fund. Wouldn't mind hearing your stories uh, today, dear listener, particularly about nurses. How compassionate and caring have they been? I, uh, as I say, I've had horrible experiences. I've had amazing experiences. Our little, our youngest was in hospital. Um, when was it? It was during the Jubilee, in fact for a a, a weekend and i'm trying to think pretty much without exception the uh care that the nurses gave him and my wife who was in there with him was amazing they were fantastic they couldn't i mean they were stretched and they were pushed but they couldn't have done enough for uh uh, for them both and you know we have it's gonna have to go back into great ormond street at some point soon Uh, and uh, having worked in great ormond street myself um I know that the nurses there are pretty much, nearly 100% incredible. But I have had experiences with uh, um, my wife and with my mum, who's been in hospital a bit, where the nurses could not give tuppence. They couldn't care less, to the point of actually being uh, uh, rude and brusque and making the whole experience more upsetting and more terrifying than it should be. What are your experiences, good and bad? Compassionate nurses or cold, frightening, awful experiences? Could you give us a call? 08459 455 555. Because it, it's, we think of nursing as, as being a caring and compassionate business. It ain't. For a lot of it, there are some of them that really, you just think, why on earth are you doing this job? You seem to have nothing but contempt for the patients. And I'm not knocking nurses. This is not a, a nurse knocking thing. A lot of them do fantastic work. And as I say, I've had some amazing experiences where they've gone above and indeed beyond. 08459 455 555. How compassionate have nurses been to you and your family? And if you are a nurse, you give us a call. Stick up for yourself. Anyone else got really chapped lips? It's the cold weather. I get I get really dry lips, and I'm putting on like you know lip balm. Lip balm is is like a, a, a strong heroin or something. Is it? it's it's very Moorish. It's addictive, and I know it is. They put stuff in it so that you keep putting more on, more on. But, uh, but my lips are killing me. 
It's the one ailment, the one common ailment, I've never heard an old wives' tale to, 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 to treat it. You know, you, you, you know, if you, the, um, jet lag, you're supposed to put your feet in, plas- in paper bags, aren't you, while you're flying, and there's all these old wives' treatments. I don't think there is one for chap lips. It's so annoying. Anyway... Lots coming up on the show in this hour, including Has metal been stolen from your home, local church or school? A new law comes in this week to make it illegal to pay cash for metal. Is that going to work? Is it really going to stop thieves from nicking it in the first place? News of the Royal Baby is everywhere today. Pages and pages of it in the papers. But how interested are you in the news that the Duchess of Cambridge is expecting? And a young girl from Luton going to a comprehensive might not be able to imagine being an artist. Oh, that's what some people told the new Turner Prize winner, Elizabeth Price. Uh, uh, Did going to a comprehensive help or hinder your job prospects? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Text 81333, starting your text 3CR. Or, this is the best way to do it. Give us a call. We've got a couple of lines free. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Scrap metal dealers in Hertfordshire say the new legislation making it illegal to pay cash for metal doesn't go far enough. The law is designed to try and prevent metal thefts from the railway network, church roofs and telephone cables. BT has admitted that even some of its own staff are responsible for these thefts, although they stress that they are the exception rather than the rule. Well, our reporter Tony Fisher has been speaking to Nikki Guest, the marketing manager of Alchemy Metals, a scrap metal merchant in Stevenage. It's not going to have as big an impact as we would hope. There are still too many loopholes in this particular legislation. It will have some impact, but in order to really improve on that, we need the new Scrap Metal Dealers Bill 2012 to come through next year, which is currently in the House of Lords. And what will that do? Well, the new Scrap Metal Metal Dealers Bill will remove the itinerant traders' exemption completely, so everybody um, will be in a position where they cannot pay cash for your scrap metal. Um, It also offers a full registration system. It gives the police further powers of entry... You also have to have a police check if you want to become a scrap metal dealer. It's, it's a proper overhaul of the whole system. You know, the list is quite long of, of the things they're doing with this particular bill, but it is a, a complete rewrite of out-of-date legislation. Most scrap metal dealers, including yourselves, the legitimate ones, will welcome this new legislation to do with cashless payments. But there must be a few unscrupulous um, dealers out there who have some concerns or perhaps legitimate concerns about it, do you think? Yes, of course, you're always going to have a, a certain amount of people in the industry that do have concerns. And, and to them, those concerns are legitimate. And it can be, you know, how do they comply with cashless legislation? Well, you know, it, it shouldn't be that difficult. We all have bank accounts. So, you know, it, it might take a bit of time, but you, you do need to be able to move yourself on from this. Stop complaining about the changes within the industry and instead figure out how your company is going to comply with this legislation. Because it's not going away. You know, this is 21st century scrap metal merchants. We can't continue down the route we're continuing down. And really, the industry has brought it upon itself. Now is the time to, you know, sort yourself out and start complying. Without this legislation, it would just be a free-for-all, I suppose, wouldn't it? And there would be more crime out there, more cables being stolen, more car wheels being stolen. 
trains coming to a halt, that sort of thing? Well, they had to do something, and really government was put in a position where um, they had to take really quite extreme action. There was nowhere else left for them to turn, which is why we ended up with cashless trading under this bill. Without it, without any of these changes to legislation, metal theft will just continue, and it's, you know, it's something that probably impacts everybody in the country. We know that the insurance companies are telling us there are a 1,000 metal thefts a week in the UK, That means we're all paying for this in our insurance premiums, as well as the emotive side of it, such as the war memorials, etc., and, you know, the church roofs, and we've all heard it a million times, delayed delayed journeys. It cannot be left to continue, which is why we're here where we are today with cashless trading. Do you think the police can effectively monitor this? I think we need the police to effectively monitor this. Um, Whether they can or not remains to be seen. We've heard some good reports out this morning that the police are out being very active, more in an educational role really, just making sure all of the merchants understand the new system. It's, you know, it's great they're not going in with a sledgehammer at this point. Um, I'm sure that will come at, at a later stage. But no, the, the police need to do their job now and we're really relying on them to make sure that this new legislation is being placed. So reporter Tony Fisher speaking to Nikki Guest, the marketing manager of Alchemy Metals. We're joined now by Inspector Paul Lawrence from the Hertfordshire Police. Morning, Inspector. Good morning. It's up to you to police this, Paul. Yeah, it's very important that we do that, and uh, we, we, ha- we have been going around speaking to many scrap metal dealers, uh, and one of the things they are concerned about is that level playing field, really, um, and we need to make sure that we provide that level, p- level, level playing field for them. So, yes, it's certainly uh, something that we need to be uh, very, very, very strong on. Were the scrap metal dealers aware that this law was coming into place? Yes, I mean, it's been talked about in the, in the scrap metal business for, for many months now, so um, they are all aware of it, and I have to say, the, the, the ones that we've visited uh, have actually been very supportive of, of the new measures uh, and are extremely well run and paying very close attention to uh, uh, identifying those that do bring scrap metal in. So, yes, the, the trade is aware of it, and they are, they are pretty well geared up for it. Is it going to work, Paul? I don't quite understand how it can be enforced, because if I want to buy some metal for cash, I'll, I'll do that, won't I? Yeah, I mean, it, it's we're looking at the uh, new legislation that's going to come in next year, which is going to make it more difficult. I think uh, one of your previous speakers talked about the itinerant trade, mm. um, and obviously uh, there, there are there are potentially some loopholes around there, which that law will close up. Uh, but we need to we need to start somewhere, and this is a very positive step in terms of stopping the uh, the easy um, selling selling metal mm. easily. Really, how big a problem is is stolen scrap metal it's, uh, it, I mean, it is a problem. It has reduced uh, over the last six months or so. There has been uh, a, a reasonable decrease, particularly in large-scale metal theft. Um, so I think we're starting to, to combat it, but it's, it, 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 it's, it's the damage it causes, really. It's to the heritage sites where we have uh, plaques stolen sometimes from war memorials, the church <laughs> roofs. Sorry, people are stealing war memorial plaques? It does happen, yeah, it does happen. And it's, uh, it, you know, it, it's, a terrible, uh, uh, it's a terrible thing. For, for, for people to do. What's, people the most, to do. what's the most common thing that's being stolen, Paul? Well, it's cabling, really. Right. A, a lot of it is cabling um, uh, from BT, railways, that kind of stuff, lead from church roofs. That, that's the kind of stuff, really, that uh, tends to get stolen the most. I'm, st- I'm still shocked at the War Memorial plaques. There's no honour amongst thieves anymore. Oh, it's disgusting. It, it is disgusting, and there's no, uh, uh, there's, there's no place for that in society, so it's something that we really do need to tackle. Paul, we've been told that some dealers are prepared to deliberately flounce this legislation. Are you, are you aware of that? And, and, and if so, what, what are you going to do about it? 
Yeah, I mean, we have we, uh, obviously heard that uh, people are, are, are talking about doing that, but we will use every method uh, available to us in order to catch these uh, people that decide to, to flout the law. Um, covert operations is something that we have used before with a great deal of success um, in the Stevenage area. Does that, does that mean that you, you would pretend to have some hooky metal and you'd go undercover and try and see, sell it? Yeah, well, no, what we, we would probably do it the other way around. Really. Oh. We, we would set ourselves up as a, as, as a scrap metal merchant, um, and then if people brought scrap to us that was stolen, then we would deal with that quite strongly. Uh, we, we would indeed. And we have, in fact, done that. We did that back in September. There was a, a covert operation, uh, which was six months' work, went into that, wow. and as a result, six people were arrested. So that's certainly something that we will do. But it's not just about covert no. uh, methods. It's about using the powers that we have to go into scrapyards to inspect their books to see what's coming through um powers of arrest if people are dealing in cash still buying scrap metal for cash then we can arrest people for that as well so it's a mixture of overt and covert methods paul when the when the, the boss when the chief comes in one day says right we need a couple of lads to go undercover and be scrap metal merchants do the hands shoot up in the air because that sounds like the most exciting mission you could have I think it's a very uh, attractive part. <laughs> it um, kind of brings out the sort of boy detective in you, doesn't it? You know, it's that kind of oh, undercover, yes, sir. It certainly does, and it, you know, it's uh, it's an exciting uh, part of the business to be in. Uh, but but not only that, it does actually reap very good results. It works, yeah. uh, Paul. Listen, thank you very much for coming on. It's Inspector Paul Lawrence from the Hertfordshire Police. Uh, I, I'm sorry to go off on that slight tangent, but the the undercover aspect of policing, it is that thing. I think it's a boy thing. Boys go oh. You want me to pretend to be someone else so I can arrest someone? Oh, yes, please. Thank you, Paul. The BBC in beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a posh girl having a baby. Yes. Uh, the, the Catherine is, uh, is pregnant. It's all over the newspapers. It's on the front pages of all the papers. It was on the news last night. You've kind of missed it. Uh, there was a, a fiery debate in the office this morning about whether people were interested or not. Ian uh, texted in. We've got him on the line now. Morning, Ian. Good morning. You're from Hatfield. Are yes. you excited or not about very, the royal baby? Very excited. And I believe most of the British people are excited but won't admit it. And I think you're excited but you're not going to admit it. <laughs> do, you th- do you really think that? Yes, I do. What makes you think that? Well, Ian? I think most... Because I think a lot of British people won't admit that they, lo- they, they love or embrace the royal family, but just don't admit it. Now, I can guarantee you this morning, they've all gone out and bought the newspapers. They're all watching it on the television, listening to it on the radio. We should be more like the Americans and embrace oh, no. the royal family. You know, the Americans last night on, the t- on their news programmes yeah. were actually naming the child. I mean, I, I don't think we should go that far. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that um, we, we all are interested but won't admit it would you be interested in for example in us having a guest on this show who is like a name expert and speculating about names well it wouldn't worry me but i mean it'd, it'd be quite funny but um but Ian, can, I, can i can i give you my honest honest position on this this is me speaking honestly from the heart i'm taking off my impartial hat okay yeah. i quite like the royal family uh, i'm not a royal hate i'm not a royalist i quite like them i i think they do quite a good job and i like the tradition of them I ain't bothered about this baby in the slightest. And that's me being honest. But you will be. What, wh- why? Because you was, because as the, the, interest, the, the, the interest goes on, I think people will be. 
Um, I, see, I don't think I don't think they will. I think they, that, that you think they will because you obviously are excited, and I'd imagine that you associate with with people who are excited and interested. Your friends are, but I think outside of that bubble, and this is I don't I don't know the, the statistics. I would imagine that most people are going, oh well, you know, good luck, but that's it. Well, people are are going to say good luck, but I think people are going to um, be interested. In it. You know, I followed the rules for many, many years, yeah. and um, until they I- got a restraining order. I'm joking. When I've been at engagements, people come along and they say, who are you waiting for? You say, well, in the days of Diana or the Duchess of York, oh, okay, oh, I'm not really interested. 20 minutes, an hour later, they're still standing there waiting. Did you loiter outside places to see Diana? I have. Good for you. For many years. Ian, thank you very much indeed. Well, there you go. Ian says, we're all, we're all interested. You're interested. But you're too embarrassed to admit it. Is that the case? Do you agree with Ian? If you want to come out loud and proud and say, yeah, do you know what? I'm, I'm excited about this baby. 08459 455 555. Maybe you completely disagree. We'll get to our guests in a second. Let's just a quick look at the front pages so I can show you, if you've not seen them, you've not been into the news agents or the petrol station, just how big this story seeming, seemingly is. How big this, we're being told this story is. Uh, the Daily Telegraph. Could it be twins for Kate? Um, Duchess of Cambridge admitted to hospital with severe form of morning sickness that often signifies a multiple birth. Or we can ask our next guest if that really is the case. Uh, Then there's uh, (laughs) medical opinion, Dr Tim Draycott. She'll be feeling extremely unwell, but it will pass. Uh, The Daily Express, baby joy for Kate and Wills. Even the Queen did not know Duchess was pregnant. The Daily Mail. A nation's joy, a husband's nerves. Really a nation's joy? The Guardian. We've got something to tell you. Queen and world find out Kate is pregnant. Uh, the Independent. What? This is the front page. There's no mention of the... Of, 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 oh, no, there is a mention, yes. There's a photograph of outside the hospital. The Royal News that's put a string back into the, spring back into the media's step. Their biggest story, though, is bank boss sold off shares on eve of crash. The Sun, Kate Expectations, uh, and The Times, we're expecting. So we're being told it's a big story. Is it? What do you think? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We just had a caller then who said, "Oh come on, we're all interested. We're just too embarrassed to admit it." Well, the Duchess of Cambridge is pregnant, and she's beginning beginning a second day in hospital for treatment for severe morning sickness. The Duchess, who's thought to be under twelve weeks pregnant, is expected to remain in the Central London Hospital for several days. Uh, Nora Lucy is a consultant midwife from Watford Hospital. Morning, Nora. Morning. Let's just quickly look at this thing that's on the front page of the Telegraph. Duchess of Cambridge admitted to hospital with severe form of morning sickness that often signifies a multiple birth. Is that true or is that an old wives' tale? <laughs> well, it's a bit of a wives' tale, but uh, it can be true for some people that have um, ex- exaggerated um, features. Next, they'll be, they'll be <laughs> holding a, a wedding ring above her stomach to see if it's a boy or a girl. <laughs> well, th- listen, there, there are a lot of people who, uh, I saw this last night, are going, oh, it's just a re- girl with morning sickness. If this was me, I wouldn't be going to hospital. It's a bit more serious than that, isn't it, Nora? Yes. I mean, it, it varies in its degree. Most women, I think 60 to 70 percent of women will get a degree of morning sickness, but for a small percentage, it really can be quite um, debilitating. And their ability to keep down fluids is severely affected. They become very dehydrated. And in some women, it can become very serious. I mean, it, it, I've, I would imagine, I don't wish to throw any dampness on this, that it, in, in the extreme cases, the baby could possibly uh, be lost. 
Um, well, no, the babies are very tough, and right. um, it's usually the mother that suffers most. The right. baby does take what it needs from the mother, but um, no, it's it's often a, a sign that there is a, a healthy amount of oestrogen circulating, okay. and um, that the pregnancy is um, very viable. Is that morning sickness is what is weird? Because why is it called morning sickness? My wife got it at any time of the day, and that's and that's true. It is traditionally. Um, more more prevalent in the mornings and it's thought to be linked to the reduction of blood sugar overnight um but uh, in fact some women can get it at any time in the day some women are have it all through the day um but generally by about 12 to 16 weeks it's mm. um lesser uh it's unusual and not particularly recommended to to, to come out with the news of being pregnant before 12 weeks because it is you know the, the, uh, the most risky kind of period i guess why do you think they have come out and announced this now uh, well i think it'll be very hard to hide the fact that she's in hospital and um you know, most pregnant women, when they are very nauseated and feeling very weakened, they can't hide it. Mm. Uh, it's very obvious, and I think um, it was something they probably didn't want to try and hide and would have found it very difficult to be admitted to hospital. She's probably on some IV fluids, so it's not something they can manage at home. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to establish this morning, Nora, how interested, nay, excited the nation is about this. W- amongst your colleagues and at the hospital, w- was there excitement? Was there a shrugging of shoulders? What, what was the, the reaction when you found out? Um, I think anything to do with, with Kate and William and, and a pregnancy is all very positive news. Um, and, you know, midwives particularly hold a very positive view of all pregnancies. Mm. So, um, you know, obviously delighted for them and uh, she's going to have a long pregnancy now that it's been noted so early mm. but um you know obviously we wish them all very well it's it is listen i've got two little boys and it, it's hard work but it is it's just the most exciting time in the world isn't it <laughs> well you wouldn't do this job if you didn't think it <laughs> <laughs> Nora, listen keep up the good work thank you very much indeed that's uh, Nora lucy who is uh, a midwife consultant midwife from watford hospital well how interested dear listener are you in this are you are you excited by it are you are you planning the party the street party when's the baby going to be due i guess would sort of may june time i suppose it could be perfect weather for a street party well, our reporter Justin Dooley, uh, Justin Dooley, <laughs> Just, Justin Dooley, <laughs> uh, Justin uh, yes. Dooley, excuse me, is out in Luton, uh, finding out what you think. Justin, what's what's kind of been the reaction on the street? Well, Ian, love or hate it, you know, everyone is talking about this story this morning. Twitter going absolutely mad yesterday, but of course, do people care? That's the question we're asking this morning. I've been talking to people at Luton train station this morning, and this is what happened, Ian. Gene, what's your reaction to the news? I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's really nice. Do you think the majority of people will agree? with you? I would say so, yes, yeah. Excellent. All positive as far as you're concerned. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. It's going to grab a, a word with this man here as well before he goes through. Um, sir, before you go and catch your train, um, we've got the, the front page here, the newspaper. Yeah, I know your train's about to come. Um, what's your reaction? Are you bothered about this story? Not really, no. And tell us why. I think what they're experiencing is what most others are experiencing, and no fuss is made about these other people. So. You're not excited in the slightest, are you? Not really, no. You're not just Mr. Grumpy, are you? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much, Lee, for your time. Just going to move back through here. Thank you, guys. I'm going to speak to a man who's experienced both the UK and also the US. You know what they like in the US? They absolutely love anything to do with the royal family. Okay, let's move around here. Sir, good morning. What is your name for us? Rob. Card. Rob. Now, you've lived in America. Um, 
personally yourself, do you see this as a big news story today? Is it really that big? Do you really care? I'm surprised that uh, the coverage has got really. If you look at local news in other countries, and um, there it is, Will and Kate having a baby. Mm. So you think being on the front page, like I'm showing you right now, in this country, is just too much. It's just a normal story. It's a normal couple getting pregnant and, and nothing more to it. Yeah, I don't know what the big deal is. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. And tell me about your experience in America, because this, of course, will be even bigger news in America. Out there, c- can you understand why they are so fascinated by the royal family? I don't get it, really. I mean, they've just had a, a hurricane, quite a big d- disaster, and uh, they got this baby business thrown in their face, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Good point there, actually. Thank you very much indeed for your time, sir. So, again, somebody who's experienced it on both sides of the ponds, both the UK and also America as well. Let's see if we can grab some other people here at Luton and find out what they think. Sir, good morning. Can I ask you a quick question? Uh, The front page of the paper there, uh, the Duchess of Cambridge, she is pregnant. Uh, Are you really that bothered and be completely honest? Do you care about this story? Not at all, no. And tell us why. Uh, I don't really care for the royal family, to tell you the truth. That's it, really. Sorry, you got no excitement at all. No, I uh, <laughs> wish I could say more. Sorry about that. I mean, but do you think, though, and now you're being honest, do you think, though, when the baby does arrive, you might get a bit more excited? No, no, so I don't see why. I mean, yeah, okay, when they got married, it's a bit of a free party, but being pregnant, who cares? So this should not be front page news. I don't think so, no. Well, there you go. That man's certainly being honest there. <laughs> just like, for a second, I lost focus, OK? Uh, just thinking about life, my life, and, and how it's falling apart. Uh, no. Uh, and I had to check with my wife. I said, is, is this live or is this a recording? Am I meant to be talking to him? I couldn't work it out, Justin, but it was excellent. It was pre-recorded. So it was, four yes. people there. I think, you know, that's often the best way to do these things. Yes, you, no, you've got you some simply, good reaction You there. simply go up to people, you ask them, you get their instant reaction, because yeah. sometimes when you pause for a moment, th- th- they may kind of change their answers slightly. Slightly, so it's more PC, let's say. We but had a phone call, Justin, from a guy who is a big royal fan. He, a fan. He's loitered outside various occasions when he knows they're going to be there. He says, we, we are all interested. We are all excited <laughs> about this. We are just too embarrassed to admit it. Well, you've heard two reports this morning. What I would say, and I'm trying to round this up and trying to be impartial with this, the ladies I've spoken to this morning, they do care. Yep. They are passionate about this. The men that I've spoken to could not care less. And you've heard there from that man. You've heard from a few men there uh, throughout the morning who simply couldn't care less. Some people wouldn't come on the radio today. Some of them quite bitter about it, saying, why is this on the front page? I'm absolutely appalled by this story. I and we as a nation, we have got more important things to worry about than these two having a baby. It got a bit bitter. Um, some of those people, unfortunately, wouldn't join us on the radio this morning. But but that gives you a, an idea of, of what people are saying locally. It's interesting what you say about the, um, the, the men and the women. Because I'm looking at the Facebook page now. And uh, the Barbara has posted. Notice most of the neg- negative comments are from men, and she's right. Absolutely. All the negative ones are from the blokes. Yep. And then there's Nina who says, "Wonderful news, April. I was excited to hear about the royal news." So maybe it is a maybe it's a, gen- a gender split. Well, so certainly fr- from my experience this morning, that is exactly what's happening. Uh, the people on Facebook this morning have summed it up beautifully. But we've been here before, and when it came to the royal wedding, yep. everyone was moaning about it. What a load of rubbish! Why is it going to be on TV? When that day eventually came, we got very excited. Oh, I, was, I, I wore a tuxedo and served Bucks Fizz to my friends at nine o'clock in the morning. I did. Oh, I'd love to see you in a tuxedo. Very, very smart. Anytime think, you want. You know, <laughs> I think when the day finally arrives and they do have their baby, I think we as a nation, we will be celebrating. It's just too early, I would say, right now to get excited. Justin, thank you very much indeed. What, 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 
Justin and I just flirting on the radio? I think we were. Have we found Have we found the key here? Apart from our previous caller, who's the exception that proves the rule. Is it a gender split? Is it blokes are like, oh, whatever, and girls are like, yeah, is that how it's working? Maybe we've stumbled onto something here. On FM, AM and online, BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Coming up in the next half an hour, the Turner Prize winner is from Luton. I'm genuinely excited by that. Elizabeth Price went to Puttridge High School. We'll find out why she won in the next few minutes. And tomorrow, we uh, bring together Luton Town's AstroTurf from 21 years ago. We've had interest from as far afield as Australia. Well, um, our uh, uh, AstroTurf correspondent, Justin Dealey, will give you a sneak preview as to what's happening and how you can join in. But we we think we've stumbled on something. This royal baby, we think we've stumbled on something. Men don't care. Women do care. Okay, we, th- we think we've got it. If you're a woman that doesn't care, 08459 455 555. I really want to hear a woman phone up and go, Royal baby, uh... And if you're a bloke that's over the moon excited, we had one, that's the exception that proves the rule. We won't get any more. We won't get any more. 08459 455 555. Paul's in Bletchley. Morning, Paul. Morning, Ian. How you, you going? Uh, yeah, good, thank you very much. You yeah. don't care, do you? I, I do, actually. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> yeah, I got quite a little tingle yesterday when I heard the news. But... <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I mean... Whereabouts? Just... <laughs> In my heart. Or no, good like for that. you, good for you. <laughs> no, it's good news. I mean, Catherine's 30. Um, you, you know, it's no means certain. I mean, I think a woman's um, fertility drops to half at 30, so it's great news, isn't it? I mean, these things don't happen automatically. Um, well, no, they, they, there has to be some form of process before. But, it, yeah. but, it, but Paul, it happens a lot. You, you know, there are... The hundreds of thousands of babies being born, millions of babies being born every day. Yeah, well, true, true, but, you know, they're the royal family, as we call them, and, um, you know, it's just, just just wonderful news, you know, it's sort of... But try know. and listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to, to, to find out wh- exactly why you think it's wonderful news, because because you're, well, you're just saying it's wonderful, which yeah. kind of makes me think that you've sort well, of been programmed to think that. No, no, not at all. Go no, on. no, I mean, we need the next generation to look after us, don't we, and... Um, and and um, just oh wait a minute, I'll just bring that number back in a minute. Who is who is who is that? Oh, it's some um, people doing wall insulation who are coming today. Oh, that'll be nice. That'll be, you, you, that you've got them just at the right time. It'll be nice and warm for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's flipping no. freezing at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, we need the Jack's generation, don't we? You know, when we're in our bath chairs in in the um, residential homes, you know, we 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 need them. Um, well, okay, Paul. When you're in, when you're in your bath chair in this yeah. residential home, yeah. Um, uh, w- w- what's Catherine and William's baby? going to do for you oh well she might be a nurse you know i mean that, that i think she's actually, not going to be a nurse in a care home well you don't know i mean uh, william and Catherine, i find them very natural people yeah. you know very very natural and they're and they're, they're, they're you know easy to like shall we say and um you know we wish them all the best and we're coming up to christmas where it's dark days isn't it you know we need something like this to cheer us up and and get us through to the spring so <sighs> it'll be it'll be great and let's hope everything Goes well, and I think the odds on the woman who suffers this severe po- this um, 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 morning sickness, yeah, yeah, that's right. And more likely to have a girl, so perhaps we all should get down the bookies and put a few quid on the on her having a all right having a girl. Paul, listen, stay there. Let's go to Joe in Letchworth. Morning, Joe. Morning, Ian. Uh, Joe, now listen. My my scientific theory is already kind of falling apart in the laboratory. Are you excited or not by the news of the royal baby? Of course, I am. 
it's um, it's bringing a, another life form into the world. What's not to love about it? Now, I'm, I'm just trying. I'm just running that that through my sarcasm uh, machine, and no, you are genuine there. Well, your sarcasm machine does run pretty high sometimes. <laughs> then, but you know, <laughs> are you, you really know excited by it? Listen, listen. I, I, another life coming in the world. It's always it's a miracle, and it's wonderful, and it's fantastic, and it's Hello, great. Paul, but Fletch, I'm just on the other phone. Can I ring you back in five minutes? Hang on, down, Joe. Paul sorting out his insulation. Yeah, about you come to do the wall insulation, are you? He's, he's just sorting out the insulation. Hang on. Okay. Paul. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's, he's still sorting out. Hang on. Thank you. Sir. Yeah. Joe, is that sorted now? Uh, Paul, uh, is it, Paul, is that yeah, sorted? Yeah, that's it. You've yeah, sorted the insulation? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good lad. Can I carry on talking to Joe now? Yes, yes, sir. Excellent work. <laughs> so, Joe, are you getting <laughs> yes, any insulation sir, done today? <laughs> um, no, I think it's, um, I think it is fantastic news, and like I say, I think your last caller, yeah. I mean, I just, I just, I come live on air just as he was saying it, yeah. and my wife suffered, um, suffered terrible morning sickness when she had her first girl, and yeah. Um, the only thing that seemed to do it was a cup of tea. But, do you know what? I'm not sort of jumping up and down, screaming, shouting, oh, yeah, she's going to have a baby, but yeah. I am excited. And, do you wow. know what? Anyone who says they're not is just trying to hide the fact. And I think no, don't listen. You're the second person to come on the air and say that. I'm not... I'm pleased for them. Of course I am. But I'm not excited. Well, how can I be excited about some people I don't... Some rich people I don't know having a baby? Yeah, but it's the level of, ex- of excitement, Ian. It's... it's <laughs> Jumping up and down, or yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to this because it's going to be another chance. All right, listen, Joe, Paul, yeah, stay on. there, okay? This, yeah, this okay, my on. scientific theory that it, blokes aren't interested and women are is, is, is literally falling apart at the seams. Teresa's in Hemel Hempstead. Good morning, Teresa. Morning. Are you excited by this baby? Not at all. Oh. <laughs> Why? Not at all. <laughs> Why not? I don't give a monkey's. They didn't want to know when I had my children. Why do I want to know what they're having there? What would you say to Joe and Paul, who, who are, are over the moon about this? And? <laughs> I'm really not interested. I'm not a royalist oh, at all. No, that baby's going to get the best of everything. And we've got kids out here that need everything. And Joe, we're just going to get it anyway, aren't they? Joe, try and tell Teresa that she really is excited. Come on. <laughs> I don't think she is. It's a shame, but like she, she has got a point, though. You know, there are kids out there that, that don't get don't get nothing, and this this baby is going to be in the paper and every magazine. I mean, to be honest, I don't read the papers. I mean, I think they're a joke, but I do love my BBC station. So, Paul, Paul, could, listen before you run yeah. off and get your walls yes, insulated. Yeah. Can you try and get, get some excitement in Teresa? Oh, well, everybody's entitled to their point of view, obviously, and maybe when the baby's born. But but every baby, whether you're born to royalty or whether you're born to an unemployed person or anybody, you know, in a council place, shall we say, it's all just wonderful. You know, I mean, babies are babies, just lovely. Teresa, yeah. it's just so it's lovely. wonderful. Babies. Come but on, at the, end, at the end of the day. You know, that baby's going to get the best hospitals, the best treatment. Teresa. You know, the way I looked at it, the taxpayers pay for Teresa, that. am I am I sniffing a little bit of what I like to call odour jealousy? Oh, not at all. I'm too old for that. Come on, you should me. listen. This this this, this baby could be the 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 king or indeed the queen. It's going to be an ambassador for this country. Are you not even a little bit excited by it? Yeah. Not at all. As far as I'm concerned, we don't even need the royal family. They don't do anything for us. Wow. Ian, oh, sorry. Yeah. Paul, go on. Was that you wanted to come in? Yeah, oh, Ian, yeah, Paul. Yeah, one interesting thing now, if it is a girl, she will be, um, <clears throat> you know, in line to yes. take over the throne. Change in the Constitution. You know, been changed. That's quite an interesting 
Um, Paul, uh, Paul, what time are you getting your insulation done? Oh, they're coming at eight o'clock. Oh, we bet- what, what happens? Just another thing. If she has twins, <laughs> now will the I'm a twin actually. My brother was born twenty oh, minutes this is, before me. So this is brilliant. The, Go on, I know where you're going the with this. Twin will be become the throat. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It, won't it, it? it is. I, I'm guessing yeah. yes. If there's if there's twins, yeah. the one that pops out first is the one that will be the yeah. king or the queen. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, Paul, listen, good luck with your insulation. Joe, thank you very much. You're welcome. Teresa, come on, cheer yeah. up. No, another tax collector being born, isn't it? <laughs> thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Well, my theory that it's the men that are interested, men are not interested in the women who, who are, is, is, is completely fallen by the wayside. I'd imagine that, though, if it's twins, and they pop out and there's five minutes between them, right? The first one will be king. Imagine, you'd, you'd be gutted if you were the second one, wouldn't you? You'd be furious with your brother or your sister. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Turner Prize winner from Luton. Elizabeth Price collected the prize from actor Jude Law, he's an actor, is he, for the video she made about a fatal fire in a Woolworths store in Manchester. Elizabeth criticised the government and praised her comprehensive school, Putteridge High School, in Luton. She said she felt it was depressing to listen to comments people made about her being from Luton. Well, Estelle Lovett is an art critic. Morning, Estelle. Good morning, Ian. Tell us about the piece that she she created. Actually, it's a fantastic piece because it encompasses all modern technology. And the thing about being an artist is you don't want to just be using a paintbrush and painting with your oil paints anymore. It's a 10-minute video, and um, there's a little bit of music in it. There's a little bit of text. And it's a comment on society. It's a comment about us being consumers, um, about us being shopaholics. So she's almost the Andy Warhol of her time. And it also deals with quite um, sad issues of how we are so affected by consumerism. For example, the Woolworths reference is to when Manchester Woolworths caught fire and people were trying to exit the building. But then, of course, the shoppers are trying to deal with the fact of whether goods are more worthwhile mm. than they are. I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, in a fit of a, a panic. Mm. Why do you think she won? I think she won because the other artist, Paul Noble, for example, could actually draw. And nobody that can actually draw or paint well actually wins the Turner <laughs> Prize. <laughs> That's a great way of looking at it, yes. Um, Spartacus Chetwind. I mean, what a ridiculous name. Excuse me? Spartacus Chetwind. I know, it's What on earth were Mr and Mrs Chetwind thinking when they... <laughs> christened that Spartacus. No, Spartacus decided to choose her own name when she's... Well, uh, yes, um, when she's not uh, running around naked because she lives on a nudist colony. Oh, dear. Um, so the whole thing is out to seek public attention, but she had these stupid handmade puppets. <laughs> she, was trying to, she was trying to cross over from um, Jesus' nativity play to Punch and Judy. Yeah. I mean, it, it was really wacky, but bad wacky. So she wasn't going to win either. And then there was a, another video, which was very, very good, but the thing is, it was 93 minutes long. You know, you or I don't go to an art gallery to sit in the dark for an hour and a half, do we? We'd go to the cinema. Yeah. So the only only true winner had to be Elizabeth Price, but right. she does deserve it. I've just googled Spartacus Chetwind. She's my yeah. new favourite artist. There's a picture of her and uh, yeah. I, I think another lady and I think a man dressed as a lady in bikinis by uh, what looks like Jabba the Hutt from Star Wars. 
Well, funnily enough, the piece that they did, Odd Man Out, um, which they reconstructed in the Tate Gallery, all her friends weren't nude this time, but they were dressed up. The best I can describe them is that they looked like peeled, dehydrated vegetables. You know, so bad oh, with like their that. outfits. I like that. What are your thoughts, uh, going uh, going back to Elizabeth Price, uh, uh, thoughts about coming from Luton? Because she said that she, she d- found it depressing listening to the comments about her coming from Luton. Well, I, I believe Luton's a very fine place, but what she did say about art education I think is very true today, and it's a travesty. It's actually so damaging to our very being. Even, can I say our soul as well? Not No, you could, you, soul, could say our, yeah. our, you could say our soul, yes. <laughs> oh, don't. No, you you sound like a Jonathan Vernon Smith show with his potty mouth. Uh, our souls, yes, you can say that. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. You're yeah. welcome. Because the thing is, though, that... It's not art school's problem, really. It's the tutors. And they can't teach drawing and painting because they themselves don't know how to teach drawing and painting because when they graduated, it was very fashionable for them to be told to just sit in a room and imagine being this blue smarty or something conceptual like that. So it's very difficult to find art schools that can actually teach drawing and painting today, although I do know a couple here in London. You know, um, I've just gone on a very slight tangent, and we're, we're running out of time, but you know um, those nude life models that yes. you get? It's like it was always an old man with flabby bits and stuff. Why, yes. why, why do they do it? <laughs> do they, do they, are they getting something out of it? Well, I, I suppose it's cash in hand. Right. But the thing is, the thing is that nowadays, it, there aren't just flabby old men that are doing it. Actually, you know um, Quentin Chris? Yes, I do. Yes, I th- yes. civil servant. Yep. He started off as a life model. Really? Did you know that? Uh, did yeah. you? Well, here's something, Estelle. I, we, I could talk to you all morning. We will have to go in a second. I phoned up Quentin Chris once. I was, yes. I was, me and my friend Mackenzie, we were very, very, let's say drunk, and yes. um, we, we just dialed directory inquiries in New York, we said, can we have Quentin Crisp's phone number, please? And they went, yeah, okay, and we phoned him up, and he went, hello? We went, is that Quentin Crisp? Yeah, and he went, yes, and we didn't have anything to say to him! How cool was that? Because <laughs> it, it was quite famous that his number was available. Anyway, so, listen, I could talk to you all morning, you, uh, you've been fascinating, thank you very much. My pleasure. I'm so glad that I've actually found you now. I didn't know where you went to. I used to listen to you in London and loved you, of course. <laughs> oh, it's the, will, will you be our official art correspondent? I would love to be the art doctor, yes. Oh, you're the art doctor indeed. Estelle, I shall speak to you again soon. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. There we go. What a lovely lady. And yes, a, a little bit of smoke blown in my direction. I don't mind that in the slightest. We can indulge that ever so slightly. Right. Estelle Lovett, the art doctor on our show now. Official. Can I just say, dear listener, J- Jonathan will be in about half an hour to tell us what's happening on his show. Um, I can give you... He, he, he's kind of following the, the, the royal theme um, and asking about, about, are you excited about the royal baby? And is there something wrong with you if you're not? He'll come in and, and be more specific. But very exciting meeting yesterday. Um, well, I say, I say exciting. A, a, a meeting yesterday was held <laughs> to discuss uh, the Boxing Day show that Jonathan and I will be doing together. Two-hour extravaganza, tentatively titled The Festive Face-Off with Ian Lee brackets including jonathan vernon smith close brackets uh that's what i'm calling it in my head anyway uh and it's going to be on boxing day sometime in the morning no, i don't, not quite sure where it's all a bit vague at the moment but it's going to be blooming good i think if we can get the tone right it should be a right old laugh so something to look forward to 
for those of you. Might be a little bit musical as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Jonathan might be bringing instruments in and playing some songs. <laughs> it's either going to be brilliant or it's going to be flipping awful. Either way, it's definitely going to be worth a listen. So uh, more news to come as, as we get it ourselves, OK? Also, here at Three Counties Radio, we, we really, it is the home of news. Is that what we say? No, the first for breaking news. Now, what do we say? BBC Three Counties Radio, the, the first for news. The home for news. The first for news. That's what we are. And to pr- it's only something like that. With, something to do with news. And tomorrow, it's a very exciting news day. We are making news, nay, we are making history. Children will be studying this in sixth-form colleges and universities around the world. We are reuniting the AstroTurf, yeah, that's right, that Luton Town last played on 21 years ago. Our AstroTurf correspondent, Justin Dealey, has spent weeks tracking it down. Justin? Oh, yeah, and we are getting that pitch back together. Oh, yes. So what's happening tomorrow, Justin? Explain it to people who've just tuned in. Well, it's the official reunion tomorrow. It's, it's official be, now, is it? It's official. Okay. It's going to be at Lucy Sports Park in Luton, just off uh, Pastures Way. It's going to be a fantastic day. For the past few weeks, we've been trying to track down Luton Town's artificial pitch. Um, it's gone to a few places. It's gone to a golf club in Cambridge. It went to Whipsnade Zoo, and the rest was either sold or stolen by the fans. <laughs> <laughs> Football fans stealing yes, things? No. Absolutely not. So, um, 21 years on, uh, we trying to encourage as many people as possible to bring down their piece of Luton Town's AstroTurf tomorrow. We've got Gary coming down from Daventry. Is Gary coming? Gary's coming. Oh, he Gary's going to be there. He's got the touchline. Mick Harford, he's going to be there. He scored an own goal on the very last game on the AstroTurf. John Dreyer, who was Luton Town's penalty taker, he's coming all the way from Preston Wowzers. to be there tomorrow. We're not, we're not paying for that, are we? No, we're not. Good. Excellent. Uh, saying that, uh, <laughs> a few messages here. Uh, David, who lives in New York City. Uh, he has a piece of the AstroTurf with him in the States. He says, if the BBC pay for my flight, I will be there tomorrow. Chris Fry has yeah. also been in touch. Oh. He runs a bar in Sydney. Yes. And I'm sure the Australians have no idea about this AstroTurf, but apparently he has got two pieces of the famous AstroTurf on the wall in his bar. Wow, wowzers. So tomorrow we're all going to be there. We're going to have plenty of this. <laughs> plenty of air horns. And yeah, we'll I'd, I'd, I'd get a well. new air horn if I yeah. were you, Justin. That's Sounds like he's on his last legs. <laughs> it's running out. A live band as well. So the message is, look, you know, this is something historic. This is brilliant. It started by a random conversation in the office. We think we've got around 80% of the pitch back 21 years later. If you have a piece of tat slash AstroTurf, bring it down tomorrow. Lucy Sports Park. We're going to be there from 7.30 until 9am. Fans, ex-players, you're all welcome. Well, I've got, can, I, may I, can I inflate your head slightly and read you a nice tweet I've had? about you. Yes, please. I, I like that, Justin Dealey. He's all right. He always sounds like he's subtly ripping the Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's a nice... Who's that come from? That's come from Scott Balcony. Oh, morning, Scott. <laughs> I think he's probably got a, a point there to a certain degree. Yes. Uh, well, Justin, listen, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Thank you very much, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we shall have more on this tomorrow, no Absolutely, doubt. Absolutely, yes. Che- cheers, Ta-ta. Oh, no, I've got, I've got a clip to play, haven't I? Oh, yes, you have, actually, yeah. In actual fact, you have. <laughs> <laughs> let me, sorry, let me ask. And you've met yes. some, let me read the script, yes. hang on. You've met some very interesting people along the yes. way, haven't you? Yes, I have met some very interesting people along the way. Sadly, some of them can't be with us tomorrow.
tomorrow. Here's two of those people. Well, when they, they dug the pitch up, I was already well away from Luton living in Yorkshire, but when I saw that they, they were selling it off, I uh, sent off and I've got a piece and I've... Uh, so it just sort of goes with us. It's a piece about, what, I suppose four inches by four inches old money. And you say it goes with you. Do you take it away on holiday and things no, no, like no, that? No, I don't go that far, yeah. but when we move, it, I always made sure it was in, in the bags and I knew where I could get it. You're proud of it, aren't you? I am. Andy, tell me about the piece that you've got. How big is your piece? Oh, it's about a metre long by about 30 centimetres wide. And that's big. How did you get that? Um, you stole it, didn't you? I borrowed it, on a, <laughs> borrowed it on a permanent basis. And clearly it's a piece of history that you would never throw away. Oh, no, definitely not. It's in my garage, in the place where I know it is. So I just keep it there for, uh, I suppose, for... Special occasions? Yeah, special occasions. There yeah. we go, you see. He's crammed enough innuendo into that. Thank you, uh, Justin. Now, nursing leaders are launching a campaign to promote more, promote more compassionate care. They want health trusts to publish and explain their staffing levels at least twice a year. This is all because of the amount of concerns that have been raised over neglect and abuse in hospitals and care homes. Well, Dr Peter Carter is the Chief Executive and General Secretary of the Royal College of Nursing. Good morning, Doctor. Good morning, how are you? Oh, yeah, good, thank you. Why does a campaign like this need to be launched? We, we think of nursing as being a caring career why is it failing in some respects well first of all um it, it overall it's not failing and most patients still express very very high degrees of satisfaction with their care but the reason we're supporting the chief nursing officer on this initiative is we do know particularly with the care of older people there are times when the care is not good enough now i don't think that's because individual nurses or care assistants are willfully neglectful i think they're under huge strain and i'm very pleased that what they're asking for is for nhs trusts and other uh, employers care homes uh, to publish their staffing levels because particularly with the care of older people i'm afraid to say that at times there are just insufficient staff to be able to provide the standard of care that we would wish is that the major reason the, the, the gap the, the, the low staffing levels means that there can be a reduction in compassion well, what happens is, is if you've got a ward or a care home with 30 or 35 patients, all of whom require full nursing care, and you've only got four or five people, you're basically running around doing tasks. And what you don't have is the time and the space to sit down and to properly talk, engage, help someone with their lunch in the way that you would wish. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say, in many respects, in some of, and I do stress some uh, cases, it's nothing more than warehousing older people. Mm. And it's a pretty desperate state of affairs. In, in, in nurses in hospitals, I've had some experiences, and most of them have been fan tastic I have had yep. a couple of experiences, though, where the nurses have kind of have been very dismissive and a little bit cold and rude. There are some people that just don't seem to care. How can we stop that, Doctor? Well, and, and what I think we should do there is, is and we've never, uh, we are never going to defend uh, people who are willfully uh, dismissive or uncaring. I think what needs to happen there is those individuals individual nurses need to be taken to task, they need to be held to account, and if they're not fit to be in the job, they should be dealt with. Because what happens is, the poor nurse is the enemy of the good, mm. and whilst I say the vast majority are great, if you've been on the end of someone with a sharp tongue or an indifferent attitude, you're going to think, my golly, what's happened to the state of Britain's nurses? Mm. Now, I know it's good, most people know it's good, but that's no um, consolation to you if you or one of your relatives have been treated unkindly. Dr Peter Carter, Chief Executive, General Secretary of the Royal College of Nursing, thank you very much for that. Fascinating stuff. Good morning, 
is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's three minutes past eight. Wowzers, what happened to the morning? It seems to have flown by. Lots coming up in the last hour of the show before Jonathan Vernon Smith comes on at nine o'clock and does his thing, including... Let me just get it up on the computer and I'll tell you. Yes, cash payments for metal at recycling yards are no longer legal. We'll find out whether the new law goes. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. What's been stolen from your church, your home or your school? Uh, the Duchess of Cambridge spends a second day in hospital for treatment for severe morning sickness. You're divided this morning. Are you in favour? Are you excited? Or are you not that bothered? And the Turner Prize winner is from Luton. She went to Putteridge High School. Well, we've sent our reporter, Justin Dealey, to see how parents and teachers are reacting to the news. If you want to give us a call, you can do 08459 455 555. You can text 81333, starting your text 3CR. Or you can go to the Facebook page and have a right old Barney with some other listeners. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. BBC Three Counties Radio. The nation is divided about the, um, the, the, the royal baby, which is odd, because the front pages of all the newspapers, pretty much all of them, and the news last night, and no doubt the news for the next six months, would have us believe that we are all obsessed with the royal baby. And yet it would appear that probably we're mixed at best. Could you give us a call? Thumbs up if you're excited, thumbs down if you're not that bothered. 08459. Four double five, five double five. We did come up with a theory about forty minutes ago that, that the men weren't that bothered, and the women were dead excited. And then we had a, a, a rash of phone calls um, that kind of exploded that nonsense. So oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. New legislation comes into force this week to try and clamp down on metal theft, which costs the UK economy over £700 million a year. Scrap metal merchants are no longer allowed to buy metal for cash, and they will face increased fines if they're caught out. The law is designed to try and prevent metal thefts from the railway network, church roofs and telephone cables, and some of those thefts are carried out by British Telecom's own staff. Well, BBC Three Counties reporter Tony Fisher has spoken to Inspector Paul Lawrence from Hertfordshire Police. We're visiting the scrap metal dealers to talk about that legislation and make sure that they're prepared for that. But it's also wider than that. It's about uh, working with them and supporting them to uh, pr- prevent uh, stolen metal coming through. Now, most of the registered scrap metal dealers are broadly in favour of this, aren't they? But what about the... There, there are a few unscrupulous ones who perhaps have some reservations about this. There are some. I mean, on the whole, as you say, the the trade really is supportive of these measures um, and they're working very closely with us to to, to deal with the scrap metal thefts. Uh, But there are some that are less keen on the legislation um, and they're the people that we need to be focusing on, really. What sort of things can you do to ensure that they don't carry on taking cash for metal? Well, obviously, we need to uh, try and build up relationships, really, with, uh, with, with those scrap metal dealers. We need, to, we need to visit them. We need to make sure they are aware of the legislation um, and support them to, to comply, really. But uh, it's, it's not fair because the legitimate scrap metal dealers will suffer if people are doing it unlawfully. So uh, we can take strong enforcement action to make sure that isn't the case. What can you do? Can you make arrests uh, as part of these inspections today? And tomorrow, you, you can't, you're not really looking for arrests, are you? 
Yeah, today's not really about arrest. It's about, it's about supporting and making sure they are aware of the legislation. However, uh, we do have powers uh, to enter the, uh, the scrap metal dealers, to look at their records, to um, see what metals they have been, uh, been taking. And if there are people that are um, taking metal unlawfully or buying it unlawfully, we do have powers of arrest for that. So we would be using those powers very strongly. It's a big problem across the country, isn't it? ACPO say it costs seven hundred million in terms of lost revenue. Is it a big problem in Hertfordshire? It's, yeah, I mean, it's a problem, like you say, across the, across the country, um, and Hertfordshire is no different to that. We have started to see some reductions in terms of metal theft, uh, which is very positive, but we need to just keep our game up, really, and make sure that we can continue that trend. And the idea behind this legislation is, is making everything traceable, isn't it? All payments, cashless, electronic, or by cheque, so that things are traceable. There's no underhand, dodgy business going on. That's right. I mean, it's very much um, uh, along the lines of our Operation Tornado, really, which is making sure that when people do bring metal in, uh, the people who take that metal have got good identification measures, so looking at maybe driving licences or passports, that, all that being supported with utility bills. Um, so, yes, that, that's, that there are some of the measures that we're taking to make sure that we, we, we know who the people are that are bringing in metal, so if there is something suspicious, we can then follow that up. But the legislation is another string to that. Really, which really helps us to identify who's bringing the metal in to make sure that it's not stolen. From now on, all crimes will be referred to as underhand dodgy business. Thank you for that. Uh, the owner of this garage on the A505 in Hertfordshire between Royston and Baldock says there's not much you can do to prevent telephone cable thefts. Oh! Well, it turns out that maybe there is you can, something you can do to prevent audio being stolen. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Anyway, Nikki Guest is the marketing manager at Alchemy Metals in Stevenage. Morning, Nikki. Morning, Ian. Metal theft, it, it does have, you know, quite a big impact, doesn't it, on uh, the communities? Oh, it has a huge impact on communities. You've got the emotive impact um, when we see war memorials being stolen, plaques off of graves, lead off of church roofs. But then you've got the more serious impact when you've got um, communities Communities that literally lose all of their essential services. Mm. So, you know, if, if Granny can't ring 999, that is a massive, massive problem. And it is happening up and down the country. It's not a victimless crime, which is why they're trying to take it in hand, really, with the legislation that we're seeing. We, I remember a story we covered maybe a couple of months ago about a, a whole train line that was closed down because some thieves went and nicked some, some metal there. So it is a big thing. It, it, does this legislation go far enough, in your view, though? No, no, it doesn't at this point. But, you know, even government and the police and everybody else they all know it doesn't go far enough. This is just the first step, really, in further legislation that hopefully we should see next year. We've got a, a new bill going through Parliament at the minute. It's gone safely through the Commons. It's in the House of Lords. And really, that is the legislation that's going to tighten up the industry and bring it into the 21st century. Because, you know, we mustn't forget that you've got a £5 billion industry at the minute working under um, laws that were made for people pulling a horse and cart. Mm. Quite farcical, really. Is it? I'm trying to get my head around how this will exactly work because if people want to sell dodgy stuff cash in hand, they still will, won't they? Even if it's illegal. Well, you're always going to find some people that will pay cash for scrap. But what you have to remember is these dodgy people might still be paying cash for it, but they've then got to sell it somewhere. Mm. And they will sell it into the legitimate industry. And at that point, with this legislation, we'll have traceability. Right, OK, so you'll be able to trace back where that came from. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, the industry has brought this upon themselves by, you know, literally writing Mickey Mouse on their records. 
there's been zero traceability there. So this is what this is all about. Nikki, I don't quite know how your business works, but do you get people coming up and saying, all right, love, listen, I've got a load of stuff in the back of the van, you interested? No, we only deal with um, lovely, proper <laughs> traders. We don't have any white vans queuing up outside. There are no hour. chances of saying, give, give us a one for this, love, and we'll call it quits. There's none of that. Yeah, no, we, we tend to, some, some of them do try, and they're right. politely asked to um, jog on, please. But this, this is, you know, this is a, a closed a closed site. Normally it's by appointment, so right. they can't just drive what? in. And, so and, what impact does the, the illegal activity have on your your own business? I'm guessing if, if, if they're not turning up, you're kind of excluded. But I guess, does, does it affect the price at all? Um, no, not particularly. Um, you know, the, the price of metal really isn't dictated by it. For merchants right. themselves, we've had some dreadful problems with metal theft, including our drivers being pulled out of their cabs, threatened with death. Excuse and then the load being stolen off the back. Really? We now have to have panic buttons and CCTV all over our lorries, purely wow. for their own safety. You know, this is how serious it is for, for our industry. So what, they get, what, they're driving along and someone says, oh, you pull over, mate. And, and well, they're on a rest break. Right, they're having a, little, a, a cup of coffee. Yeah, they're on a rest break, literally in a lay-by, having <sighs> a rest break. They have to have by law, and we've had um, one pulled over about 18 months ago. Literally, they, they pulled him out, took the load. Oh, my goodness. Fairly horrific. It's, you know, really, really not not good at all. Well, Nikki, hopefully this is the, the beginning of, of things changing and becoming a little bit more legitimate. We hope so. We need next year's bill to go through, and then we really might begin to see an impact on Metal Fest. Let's face it, we all need it. Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. Nikki Guest, Marketing Manager at Alchemy Metals in Stevenage. Across beds, hearts and bugs, this is BBC Three Counties Radio. On its way in about six, seven months' time. The royal baby is due. The Duchess of Cambridge is pregnant. It's all over the newspapers. All over the news. And there was a a very heated discussion, nay, fight, before the show. um, Saying, well, should this be the main story we talk about? Or should it be just like an and finally? And how many guests? Are people interested? was, Was what it boiled down to. Are you interested in this royal baby? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Lynn's in Hazelmere. Morning, Lynn. Good morning. Are you interested in the royal baby? Not at all. Mm. See, the tide is turning. Before it was all women who were giving it the, the, the thumbs up and the heave ho, but now it's going the other way slightly. Why? Mm. Why not? Well, I'm very pleased for them as a couple, but I really don't want to listen to it. I'm sick of all the wittering so far. I just don't want to know. It's just a baby. And it's not very interesting to, you know, by the, by the time this baby comes, we're all going to be sick to death of it. Well, l- l- listen, Lynn, I've got, I've got the, the newspapers here. The front page of The Sun, Kate Expectations. The front page of The Guardian, Queen and World Find Out Kate is Pregnant. The Daily Mail, the Mail are loving this. A Nation's <sighs> Joy, A Husband's Nerves. The Daily Express, the Daily Express have even gone as far as to say that theirs is a royal souvenir special. Oh, for heaven's sake. No, I won't be, re- I won't be reading any newspapers, and as soon as I hear anything about it on the radio or the TV, it'll be turned off. Oh, blimey. Even, what, even, even if I'm talking about it? What? Even if I'm talking about it with my tongue in my cheek? Well, I'm still, I am sick of it. Wittering on about it this morning. Jonathan Vernon. There's far more important things to think about in the world. Jonathan Vernon Smith's going to be talking about it for the first hour of his show. You you can't turn that off, can you? I won't be listening to Jonathan this morning. You're not going to be listening to Jonathan? No, not this morning. Wowzers. Okay, well, I'll I'll, I'll let him know when he uh, he pops in in a couple of minutes. Lynn, listen, thank you for your honesty. You're welcome. Tune in in after 10. He'll stop banging on about it by then, I'm sure. Oh, dear. We've We've lost Jonathan, a listener. Jonathan Burns. <laughs> that was that was a cheap shot. That was a cheap shot, Jonathan. I apologise. Yeah. It was very childish. Yes. Uh, how are you this morning? You seem a little bit, and I'm going to be. I'm going to speak freely. 
a bit a bit dour. A bit dour? Is that how you say it? Yeah. I've never said that dour. word. You seem a bit dour. Really? Yeah, you do. Oh, no, I made a chili con carne last night. There's nothing dour about me. <laughs> was it good? Yeah, it's delicious. I've when... got some in a pot upstairs. When are you going to cook some food and bring it in for me? Do you want... You don't eat meat. No. It's all I eat. I don't eat anything that's not meat. Just meat? Just meat. So, like, sausages? Yes. You like sausages? Bacon. Bacon. Steaks. Beef. Steaks. I like steaks. Beef. Beef. Meat pie. Lovely meat pie. Lamb. It's all I eat. A meal is not a meal without meat in it. <laughs> so, no, I'm not joking. <laughs> really? I don't... Even if I had, like, a, if I had, like, a vegetarian quiche, I'd have to have a bit of ham with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I've been, uh, I've been teasing the listeners. <laughs> Haven't you? Because we... Losing me, listeners. Well, no, Lynn, that was, uh, that was Lynn who um, called in from Hazelmere and she said she will not be listening to any more shows that are talking about the royal baby. And I said, well, I think Jonathan might be banging on about it for a little bit. Yeah, just for an hour. And she said, well, I'm not listening. I won't be listening to Jonathan then. <laughs> really? Yeah, I won't be listening. Oh. This is, this is what I worry about, is that, that, that we, as the media, are telling people they should be interested. And they're like going, oh, I'm not bothered. But they are bothered. Well, are they? I think most people are bothered. Come on, this is our future king or queen. We must all gather round and be patriotic and celebrate in this, no? Well, what's happening in your show? Coming up at nine. Is there something wrong with you if you're not excited about the royal baby? The Duchess of Cambridge has spent the night in a private London hospital, if you weren't aware, uh, where she's being treated for acute morning sickness. An announcement about her and Prince William's first baby was made yesterday. Well, there's a mixed reaction from the British public. We've heard some of that reaction on your very fine show this morning. Are you listening? I was, listening? I've been glued to it, gripped. <laughs> Um, but from nine this morning, is there something wrong with you if you're not excited about the royal baby? I mean, I've heard one or two people who've not been excited. What's wrong with them? Mm. We're going to say, what's wrong with them? What, why do people have to be so miserable? This is going to be our future king or queen. Right. I think most of the houses in Beds, Hearts and Bucks, they will have been having celebratory glasses of Pinot Grigio oh, last night. for goodness sakes. I had a celebratory glass of, uh, Merlot Cabernet Sauvignon. I had an argument with my producer this morning. Did you? What do you have an argument about with? this? About this baby? About whether people are interested or not? Of course they're interested. Indoor language was used by me. I hasten to add. No, no, no. no. People, people love it. Okay. Lynn of Hazelmere, <laughs> she's out of the patch. <laughs> she's out of the patch. People in beds, hearts, and bucks. Yes. they will be very excited about this royal baby. Well, we'll see. And then, so, what's what's your question? I'm confused as to what your question is. Is you there just... something? Ro- it's very simple. Okay. Is there something wrong with you if you're not excited about the royal baby? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five from nine this morning. I know why you're being awkward. Why is that? Because you're not very interested, and therefore you feel that there's a finger of blame that there might be something wrong with you. No, I don't. I don't like these. these I don't like these questions when they're loaded. You do loaded questions sometimes. That I think are unfair. Oh, yeah. you're feeling the pressure. I'm is there something wrong with you? There's something wrong with you. No, you. No, you. No, you. 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 Out. Goodbye. It was awkward, wasn't it? He's on at nine-ish, if you hear that bothered. On the dot! Yeah, all right, bye. We'll see, I'll, we'll see about that. I'm in charge of what time you start. The BBC in beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Jonathan now, you can send him an email. Uh, jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. Hey, the Turner Prize winner is from Luton. Elizabeth Price collected the prize from actor Jude Law for the vi- video she made about a fatal fire in a Woolworth store in Manchester. 
Elizabeth criticised the government and praised her comprehensive school, Partridge High School in Luton. She said she felt it was depressing to listen to the comments people made about her being from Luton. You can be successful in the art world and be from Luton. Really? Well, it would seem that you can. We can talk now to Matthew Shaw, the creator, curator and director of Contemporary Art Gallery in Luton. Departure Loud. Morning, Matthew. Good morning, Ian. How's it going? It's going very well, thank you. You couldn't be bothered to come to the studio this morning, sir. Uh, well, I was only asked at 20 past seven. Well, I mean, still, I, it gives you plenty of time to... you given me the opportunity, I'd be delighted to see your happy, smiling Always a pleasure. time of day. We will get you in again, don't worry. Listen, we heard about the video she made, uh, and our new art doctor, Estelle Lovett, uh, spoke very highly of it. Do, do you know much about the, the piece of art and Elizabeth Price herself? Um, I have seen the work. I didn't know that Elizabeth was from Luton, and I'm actually very excited that she's from Luton, because um, I think it's just, it's just another reason to celebrate being in Luton and the creativity that is around the place, but is not really very widely known about and needs to become better known about. Well, it, it does, it, you know, it does... The people were kind of a little bit sniffy, I think, when they found out that she was from Luton. I, I mean, you know, I think um, Luton has historically had a PR problem. I think the fact that there's a contemporary art gallery there now is, is part of addressing that. I was in Liverpool yesterday. Liverpool used to have a terrible PR problem. It's now the centre of the art world. Glasgow used to have a terrible art pro- um, PR problem. It's now the centre of the art world. Elizabeth Price being from Luton, that's absolutely fantastic. And she's only one of a number of really fabulous, energetic, creative people working in and around Luton. And um, I think it's something we need to celebrate. And hopefully we will be able to as a result of... Um, her award. There is there is quite a sniffy attitude towards uh, towards Luton, and, and hands up, I may have even had it myself. But since working here, uh, I have met some of the most you know the talented and creative people. There is a lot of talent here. Could not agree with you more. I mean, most people you meet are not extremists. Most are not yobbos or, or hooligans. Most are basically quite normal and actually extremely good at getting on with each other. You're trying to change the, 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 the sort of image of Luton being uh, slightly dull and lifeless, aren't you, with, with the departure lounge? Well, I mean, let, let's, let's be absolutely clear about it. The fact that I put a gallery in, in, into Luton is because, you know, A, it's a very interesting urban context. It feels to me like a part of North London that floated upstream. It's got nothing to do, it seems, with, with St Albans or Harpenden. It feels very different. But because it's, you know, as you say, people are sniffy about Luton, there are opportunities there. I mean, people have said to me, it's a bit like Hackney or Hoxton was 30 years ago. I think it's actually perhaps more interesting and even edgier. I mean, it's, I do agree, it would be, it is highly unlikely that a contemporary art gallery would set up in Luton. It's also highly unlikely that a contemporary artist would win the Turner Prize mm. and be from Luton. I think things can happen and things can change. And, you know, I think hats off, perhaps, to the Arts Council, because without their help, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have a dirty, great, empty office block in the centre of Luton that we're putting contemporary art on in. Are people, people coming through the door? We're getting, we're getting a reasonable amount of people. Um, we are, needless to say, um, marketing and PR is, is always um, a time-consuming problem that we, we have difficulty dealing with. But we had a gallery talk on Saturday. We had about 15 people. We've, um, we've also been shooting a film there with a Hollywood actress last week. Oh. Um, who? 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 Lindsay the, Lohan? The Hollywood actress is called Olivia Darbo. and uh, She was in The View to a Kill! 
she is. And oh, no, that was Mariam uh, Darbo. That was Mariam Darbo. That was no, good. Um, Olivia Darbo is the daughter of Mike Darbo, who's the... Uh, the Mighty Quinn. The Mighty Quinn, exactly. She was in The Wonder Years, and she's been in Star Trek, and we're shooting... We've commissioned... Um, an artist called Sarah Baker to make a film called Imperioso, which is uh, about the life of... um, It's about a life of of a fictional character called Lucia Lucci, who is based on the Gucci heiress who murdered her husband when he sold the company. Matthew, listen, you're making a film and you didn't ask me to come and be in it, for goodness sakes. I was in a film with Angelina Jolie once. I must admit, now that you've become a radio persona... I, I've, I've, I've sort of the, the your devilishly beautiful good looks go. have sort of faded into the background of my what? perception. Oh, but, Matthew, but, Matthew! But, but now that you mention it, um, you will of course be first on the list of people to be in the next film. That yes, we can I'm going to be in a film and make loads of money. Uh, Matthew, lovely to talk to you, and, and well done for getting in a, a Wonder Years reference. Always nice to have that re- be reminded of that fantastic TV show. Um, great to talk to you. Have a good day. And, uh, yes, I'd be delighted to come and see you face-to-face sometime soon. You get me in a movie, fella, and you can meet me anywhere you want. Matthew Shaw there, who runs the Departure Lounge, the Contemporary Art Gallery in Luton. Um, we've been talking about... I was going to ask him about Spartacus Chetwind, who's now my favourite artist. I keep... During all the breaks and all the news, I keep Googling Spartacus Chetwind, who was mentioned earlier on and was up for the Turner Prize and didn't get it. She's wonderfully bonkers. Um, the royal baby. Excited or not? Um, Steve says, I'm excited about the baby. Might get another day off. I went to the pictures when they got married. <laughs> Aaron says, I'm not bothered. It's not mine, so I don't really care. Well, Aaron, do you know it's not yours? Uh, Marina says, my daughter had acute sickness when she got pregnant. She couldn't even get out of bed without being sick. It was really bad. The doctor came out to see her and told her this sometimes means that you're having a multiple birth. And that's what she had. Identical twin girls. Ay ay ay. Andy in Watford. Royal baby, baby equals day off work. And Helen on Facebook. Congratulations to them. I hope mother and baby will be happy and healthy, but it does fill me with dread for the daily pregnancy status updates we are going to get. Dennis in Dunstable. You excited or you're not that bothered? Yes, I'm a royalist from a way back. At 87, I think it's absolutely marvellous. But what do you... What's and all it's, these it's, miserable people, get off the bottom step and smile, for God's sake. What do you care about her? A woman you've never met, she doesn't care about you. Why do you care that she's because pregnant? Because she will sooner or later be the leader of the country. And when you say royalty, why do we need royalty? What is the alternative? Another politician as a president, I wouldn't go across the road to pour water on one if he was burning out. Quite frankly, the politicians are the ones we want to get rid of. Keep royalty. So, so Dennis, OK, this is going to be um, a, a well-looked-after, privileged child that's going to have more money than we could ever imagine of having, going to have every opportunity in the, li- in the world when other people are suffering. Is it really right to be making such a fuss of this this special golden child. Would it be really right to reduce her to what everybody else is, they're in misery, you know, keep, put the poor little soul um, in scrap clothes and feed her on rubbish? No, why should you come down? You should be going up. I'm not saying that these other kids shouldn't get better treatment, don't get me wrong. I'm all for the children, babies particularly, are my great... uh, Love and I'd love to see them laughing and giggling, and so that's how babies should be. Now, don't say because she's going to be well looked after that she shouldn't be well looked after, she should be reduced to poverty. Just bring the other kids up from poverty. Dennis, you know? are we, uh, Dennis, I have it on, on kind of very good authority that there is a chance the Duchess of Cambridge is listening to this show on BBC iPlayer right now. Have you got a message for her? Yes. 
congratulations and I hope you have a very happy pregnancy and you produce a beautiful child. Thank you, Dennis. Wonderful. Call 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, 8.32. Uh, another 28 minutes or so of this nonsense. Then Jonathan Vernon Smith comes on at 9 o'clock. Always uh, a cracking listen. But in the last 30 minutes of this show, at the end of October, uh, October we told you about problems in the high town area of Luton. Residents are living in daily fear of crime and they're worried about prostit- uh, prostitution. Well, last night a meeting took place to address some of the problems and we'll be finding out what happened. And as you've been hearing, the Turner Prize winner is from the three counties. We've sent reporter Justin Dealey to her old school to find out what teachers and parents think about the news. Now, we're going back to a story uh, that we have been following here on Three Counties. We did a report on it, uh, where are we now? December. So I guess we did it in October. Residents in the high town area of Luton living in daily fear because of prostitution and crime in the area. I don't know if you remember the audio we played out, but it was, uh, it, it was pretty incredible. Um, they say the council are not doing enough to improve the area and make it safer. A local charity called Azalea, which offers support to women involved in the sex trade, has also been criticised because people living and working locally feel the work they do encourages prostitutes to stay in the area. Well, last night, the second meeting took place between the council and local residents discussing the issue. Uh, Bridget, not her real name, was there. Morning, Bridget. Hello. Bridget, last month's meeting, not much happened because they said little could be done because of the PCC election. Did did that change last night? Oh, yes, it did. Well, go on, what happened? It was a most absolutely explosive meeting. Um, We've been to many meetings, but this was one of the most angriest that I've ever attended. Who, Who was angry, Bridget? Oh, the residents were very, very angry indeed. What, what kind of stuff were, the, were they saying? I mean, they're, they're angry about the crime and the prostitution, I'm guessing. Yes, well, that was the subject. And um, also about some of them didn't know that Azalea, um, what it was doing. And when they did find out, they absolutely went mad and said, you know, we, the people, the innocent people that have to live with it round the clock, would like some TLC and Christian love uh, as to improve our lives. I have to say the police were amazing and we had a, 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 a range of ranks there inclu- including Chief Superintendent Colborne who I feel gave his all and I do feel the police are bending backwards but for us we do feel that right across the board there is too much sympathy with the prostitutes we need help and we need some help and we need some care and that is that is the it in black and white but yes it was a very very volatile meeting so who would you say was was, was creating the problems was it the, the, you're saying the police uh, seemed to be very helpful was it the council was it azalea i think people are just so angry that over the years and years they say they hear the same old thing and nothing positive feels to be done one lady is absolutely desperate for the car park to be closed and she has got every right because you know she she could see porn shows from her window every night if she cared to look out. And there, there seemed to be no conclusion to that. And she was absolutely devastated. She's got a wide variety of health reasons. And then other people were saying, you know, the prostitution 
is so in your face with prostitutes at your back door, men coming round, every nook and cranny, all the used condoms lying on the floor. It all came up last night and uh, the sad fact that, again, the um, utility um, rubbish chutes are, again, being actively used by prostitutes and men. So, who, just tell me who spoke at the meeting last night, Bridget? Um, who do you mean, who spoke? Well, so the, 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 the police officer you mentioned spoke. Did anyone from the council ad- address you? Um, well, the two local councillors, um, Roxana Whitaker, one of them, she was talking quite a lot. Um, uh, but really, you know, it was the people, the floor that right. took that event. And what's, what's, what's going to be done? What was the conclusion last night? Well, um, Chief Superintendent Colborne, he, he said he feels our pain immensely and he is going to do everything he can. And he is. And given the climate of so many really raw cuts, you know, I really admire him because this is going to cost. And then um, the council also obviously were listening very much. And again, you know, if these young councillors wish to be re-elected, I think they have got to be on the scene a bit more as well. Our way, not the prostitute way. Do you, do you feel any more confident after the, the meeting last night that, that things are going to start to change? Um, well, we always live in hope, and as I said, with the with the savage cuts that are around, we we can't, I don't feel we can expect too much, but we can live in hope. We can keep putting on the pressure, and something will have to come of this because really it can't go on the way it is. <coughs> there has been a marked difference in our area. We're not seeing so many pros, but then when you hear they're now coming out of rubbish chutes at all hours of the night and day, you but think, oh, here we go again. Bridget, are you, are you saying that the prostitutes are taking their customers into rubbish rubbish chutes? Yes. And this has been happening for a long time. One lady near us has had a nervous breakdown through it and was even considering suicide because she went to a cupboard one afternoon, three o'clock, and there was a pro and a man actually, uh, you know. Yes, I do know. In the chute. So she went... This lady went out of the chute, but went back half an hour later and personally cleaned up over 100, yes, 100 used condoms. Aye, aye, aye. I would stop counting at three. Well, I really would have done. Well, this it... poor woman, you know, she used her bleach and yep. then she okay. went and bought locks and bolts to lock up those chutes and now they're back in there oh, again. Okay. Well, this, this is a horrible image. Bridget, listen, we, we, we did ask uh, both your ward councillors to come on today, as we have done on previous occasions um and they couldn't no so we have asked them when they are able to come on so we're we're not going to let this go and tomorrow we're going to be speaking to the new pcc commissioner for bedfordshire ollie martins about this very issue bridget have you got have you got one question that you would like to ask the pcc commissioner ollie martins Oh, well, I'd like to meet him, and there'd be more than one. Well, give, give, um, us, give us one now, we'll record it, and I we'll would, play it to him. I would actually say to him, I have heard on the grapevine he is a local man, um, so I'd, I'm not sure about that, so I'm not going to state that as a fact, but what I would say to him, come and live a day in our shoes with the shopkeepers in Hightown making no money hardly, with a another shopkeeper
goalkeeper who was extremely brave last night how he spoke up. Listen to all our stories and then see if you feel that the pros and all that that goes with them should be having all the tea and sympathy. Come and feel our pain for one day and you wouldn't like it. Bridget, do you want to speak to him tomorrow? I don't mind. Okay, can we give you a call tomorrow at some point? Well, and and uh, you can you can have a chat with him. Lovely. Okay. Bless you. Speak Thank to you later you. on. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There we go. Well, he's coming in. Oh, he, ca- he came in, and I think he did say he lived in Hightown. I'm sure he said that when he came in. So we'll, it'll be interesting to find out. The, the, I'm already calling him Ollie. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm already calling him Ollie. PC Commissioner for Bedfordshire, Ollie Martins, will be coming in uh, tomorrow. So, um, yeah, that'll be definitely worth listening to, and we'll, we'll make sure that Bridget gets to have a little chat with him. This is Ian Lee on BBC. Three Counties Radio. There's a royal baby to, due to be born at some point in the next year. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, they are expecting. It's all over the place. And I, we, we really debated this morning, hard and fast, about how we should cover this, if we should cover it, how much we should cover it. Um, because the, the part of the team thought, do you know what, this really isn't a story. We don't think people are interested. The other part of the team went, no, hey, hey this is big. Everyone's interested. Well, we've got Doris Pressland from Hertfordshire on the line. She, you're a big fan of the Royals, are you, Doris? Yes, I am. Very much so. Because my family was conne- uh, connected to them. Oh, in what way were yeah, they connected? Well, uh, my father was a gamekeeper and he used to go to the shoots with the, the Queen mm. and the Duke at Luton Hoo, which was wonderful. Doris? Yes? What are you listening to in the background? Oh, no, I've got the um, TV on. What? Oh. What, 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 is, what is it you're watching? Pardon? What, what is it you're watching? It sounds very uh, bouncy. No, no, I'm in the kitchen, actually. Okay. It's just I can hear some very bouncy dance music. It sounds like you're having oh, a party. Oh, wait. Uh, no, don't, don't, don't. It's absolutely fine, Doris. Honestly, I was just curious as to, uh, to what it might be. Would um, you hold the line, then, while I'll just turn it off? You don't need to, Doris. We, we can use it as musical background. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, absolutely. It just makes it all a oh, bit more so fun. sorry. No, don't apologise, so Doris. Way away from it. I know, it's very loud. Well, it, 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 it sounds very much uh, like a lot of fun. Oh, what? No, it's the breakfast um, one. You're not you watching, know. Are you watching Daybreak as well? Is that uh, rubbish still going, for goodness sake? So everyone that... F- <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's, let's give them no more oxygen. Listen, why... How... Uh, are you excited about the news I'm of the Royal Baby? absolutely delighted. Why? Absolutely. Uh, I think it's wonderful. Wonderful. Why are you so excited about a girl you've never met, uh, who doesn't even know about you, and I her baby? Know, but I am very... Because I always buy all the books. And, and oh. of course, I've got the wedding magazine as well. Yeah. Uh, you know of everything. Well, the Daily Express, you, sh- you need to get the Daily Express. It's, it's been labelled a royal souvenir special. Oh, how lovely. Yes. You yes. Should, and it, it's, and it's, I always keep all the papers of the weddings and everything. So are you going to start collecting royal baby memorabilia? Yes, that's right. <laughs> okay, well, D- Doris, listen, the, 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 the honest is you, you know more about the royal family than anyone I've ever spoken to, and I've spoken to um, that, that bloke who, whose name escapes me. Anyway, what do you think they should call their baby, Doris? Oh, uh, well, I haven't really thought of that. Come on. At the moment. <laughs> you, you know that if it's a girl, you would love it to be called Doris, wouldn't you? Oh, 
Doris, of course. Wouldn't it? Of course. Wouldn't that be what Queen? I Arise, Queen be Doris. Elizabeth or something. <laughs> so, say that again, Doris. I say, I expect it will be Elizabeth if it's yeah. a girl. Yeah, yeah. And Shanika? Uh, pardon? Jo- Jonathan Vernon Smith was suggesting Shanika. Oh, yes. Be a good name. Queen, yeah. Queen Shanika. Yes, that's yes. quite nice. And Steve, if it's a boy. Yes, yes. Doris, yes. it's lovely to talk to you. You go back to watching your telly. Oh, all right. Speak to you later okay. on, my dear. Thank you so much for ringing oh, me. It's a pleasure, and thank you for talking to us. What a lovely lady. Take care. Oh, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There we go. Doris there. Wonderful. <laughs> oh, dear, what fun. Kate said something there that reminded me, she said it was Cold Winter's Day or something like that, and that reminded me instantly of the fantastic David Essex Christmas song. It was only a winter's tale, just another winter's tale. It's a cracking song, right? It's a brilliant Christmas song. I, l- I love seasonal music. I get really excited by it. This show that I'm doing with Jonathan Vernon Smith on Boxing Day, oh, he's a, he's a right old grump. In the meeting yesterday... So, um, how, how much music, Christmas music do you guys want to have? Oh, I don't want to have any Christmas music! He t- I said, well, no, 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 Jonathan, we will be having some Christmas music. It's on Boxing Day. You don't want to hear Christmas music on Boxing Day. Of course you do. It's still Christmas. I love Christmas music. We're, we're holding off on this show. We're getting close to it. We're getting close to the point where I come in and slap down my CDs and say, right, guys, Christmas is starting. We're playing these bad boys. What's, what's the date next Monday? So the 4th, the 5th, the 6th, the 7th, the 8th, the 9th, the t- I think it's the 10th of December. Can we, can we start playing some Christmas songs on Monday? Come on. Let's get a music expert on. Let's pick the best and the worst Christmas songs of all time. The best one, Paul McCartney, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. The worst one, John Lennon, Merry Christmas, War is Over. There we go. Fantastic. Now, exciting news uh, for art lovers. The Turner Prize winner is from Luton. Elizabeth Price collected the prize from actor Jude Law for the video she made about about a fatal fire in a Woolworths store in Manchester. Elizabeth criticised the government and praised her comprehensive school, Putteridge High School. She said she felt it was depressing to listen to the comments people made about her being from Luton. Well, our reporter... Our art correspondent, Justin Dealey, is outside the school now, Justin. Uh, yes, thank you very much. Are you much feeling indeed. inspired? Are you Actually, feeling you know arty? What? I do. I feel very inspired. As you know, I've been very artistic in my life. Yes. But, uh, uh, obviously, certain critics just don't see that. Uh, they're yet to see that. They're yet to yes, see yeah, that. They are. Yes. <laughs> it's a fantastic story for Luton. Joining me live here in our radio car is the head teacher, Helen Beecham. Helen, uh, welcome to the programme. You're live across Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Your reaction to the news, you must be absolutely delighted with this, surely. I'm thrilled. It's really good news, not just for Luton, but for Puttridge particularly. We're always very, very keen to hear about the successes of our ex-students, and this is absolutely brilliant news. She had a go at the government. She praised the school. How good is that? That's excellent. I'm all with her on that one. The arts, um, all the subjects in the arts are very important to us. We have very, very good results in art and music and drama, um, and there's no plans in this school at all to get rid of those subjects. We're very much in favour of them. Looking around the corridors here, the artwork is absolutely sensational, isn't it? Absolutely. 100% A star to C in art for the last two years, and wow. we have a superb department. <laughs> Many of our students do go on to the Sixth Form College or to Barnfield and other colleges to study art. So she's won £25,000, but, but this award for the school, I would say, is probably priceless, because moving forward, it's that, it's that inspiration, that extra push, maybe, that the students need here. 
Absolutely. I think the students will be very inspired by this. I know the art department will be really playing on this one um, to, to motivate the students and for, for them to see the potential that's in all of them. Your school is well and truly on the map right now. We're talking about the Turner Art Prize, but, but also Jamie, of course, from Union J in the X Factor. This was his old school. So right now you're getting a lot of media coverage, aren't you? Absolutely. We were so disappointed that the boys went out on Saturday. Keith Callard, my assistant head, has been working very closely with the family and with ITV. We were planning for them to be in yesterday and so it was hugely mm. disappointing when they didn't go through. But those boys have got such a career ahead of them. They're incredibly talented and we're very proud that they're also associated with the school. He was robbed, wasn't he, on Sunday? Absolutely. I mean, how on earth they didn't go through, I don't yeah. know. And certainly <laughs> everyone in Puttridge was really voting for them. And um, final word on one of our big talking points this morning, the royal baby. Do people really care about this? Do you care about this? Of course I do. I think it's fantastic news for them. And I wish them all the best. Excellent. And uh, this story, of course, well and truly puts Lucen on the map. And Lucen, unfortunately, gets a, a lot of negative publicity, which I don't agree with. A lot of it is just ridiculous, not researched at all. This is a great news story for the people of Luton. Absolutely. Like Elizabeth Price, I'm from Bradford. And I have to say, I've lived in Luton now for a few years, and I think it's a great city. Sorry, town. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe city in the near future, though. I think that was a definite slip there. That should, should have been a city, shouldn't it? <laughs> I think it will be in the near future. Helen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. That's uh, the head teacher at Putteridge High School, Helen Beecham. Congratulations once again to Elizabeth Price, who's won the Turner Prize. And, of course, we mentioned Jamie there from Union J. Uh, unfortunately for, for them, voted off the X Factor. He's a former pupil here as well. So at this moment in time, Ian, this school has got a lot to be proud of. Oh, and by the way, Christmas songs? Yes. Start playing them. Come on. I, well, I Listen, I totally agree. I, we, it's, we're in the middle of December, virtually. Yeah, I, know. I know. It's cold. It's, I was yeah. Christmassy this morning coming out. <laughs> you see, on Saturday I did play one. Um, I played one at the end due to public demand. Which one did you play? Um, I played Sleigh Ride by the Ronettes. My oh. favourite Christmas song, Stevie I Wonder. That's what Christmas means to me. Play it tomorrow. Come on. Oh, listen, I'm, I'm scared to even look at my team because they're not looking at me. They're not interested. <laughs> I went about four years ago, five years ago, I went with my wife again to New York. Ooh, uh, it was Christmas time. It was December, I think. We went to BB King's the venue. We saw Ronnie Spector in concert and she came out and she was brilliant right she oh. did all the Ronettes hits then she went off and we were sat right at the front she went off she came back in a sexy Santa outfit <laughs> and did all the Christmas songs it was brilliant that is amazing and I'm actually working Christmas day this year two till six live across beds hearts and bucks in that studio with my turkey oh bless you oh bless you look at you taking a dive for the team well done Justin Thank good, you, good work speak to you later on there we go Justin Dealey excellent stuff indeed a couple of texts about the Turner Prize and indeed art. Uh, Amy, oh, this is good. We're talking about the Departure Lounge, the uh, art gallery in Luton. I live in Luton, says Amy, and stumbled upon the Departure Lounge gallery by complete accident. It's fantastic. Everyone who has a spare half an hour or so should definitely pay it a visit. It's great to see the culture that Luton has. I might pop in there next Monday. Next Monday, I have to stick around. I have to stick around for two hours to have a fire safety training thing. I know what to do in a fire. I run like hell and scream like a girl. But I have to have a safety training, uh, which means I've got to stick around for a bit. So I might pop in and have a little look around then. Uh, and Ian has uh, texted in. So Liz, the head master's daughter my classmate wins the turner prize cool i wrote a sc uh, the screenplay for restless natives when i was at school with her well there you go you see i don't exciting stuff everybody's getting involved uh the royal babies we've been talking about this morning 
And I, I hope we've not caused too many of you to turn off. You see, I, I think, personally, it is a, 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 a turn-off-the-radio thing when I hear things like that going on too much. It's kind of a, yeah, OK, what else is on the other side? Uh, some people disagree. Uh, on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR, and it's a cracking place. If you're on Facebook, you've you got it on your phone or whatever, go on there and have a, you can have a proper argument with the other listeners. Which is always... I get paid to have arguments with the listeners. You can do it as well. It's good fun. Carolyn says, I'm wishing them all the happiness in the same way as I would any prospective parents. A new life is always welcome. The news is bound to be way over the top for the prospect of the birth of not just an ordinary baby, but a future monarch. If the baby is a girl, her rights to succession to the throne over any younger brother. Um, let's not forget history is being made here. But also a heartfelt plea to the media to please tone it down as we know they won't. So what should be a celebration becomes boring and tedious. The, me- the media should concentrate on the real news and leave them alone. You know that somewhere in the world, Nicholas Witchell is wetting himself with excitement. Darren says, Can you imagine a normal woman with acute morning sickness being admitted to hospital, having a fuss made out of her and having little worries? No, she'd be carrying on regardless as she would be worried about losing her job as her employer keeps on reminding her there are millions who could do her job for less pay, keeping the house, keeping on top of everything and getting on with it. Well, I- it's not quite morning sickness, no, Darren. It's a little bit more serious than that. Um, Catherine, it's good news, but let's get back to the other far more important events going on in the world. So, so you're split. I, I'm going to do... Listen, I'm going to fight the fight, dear listener, and make sure that the coverage on this show is going to be roll, reeled in as much as we can. I shall be fighting that fight, don't worry. Uh, and on the JVS show this morning uh, from 9 o'clock, he's asking, is there something wrong with you? If you're not excited about the royal baby, sometimes he does set these loaded questions, doesn't he? Phone, phone up and give him a right royal rollicking, please. Tell him exactly what you think. Tomorrow's show, dear listener, I have a couple of minutes to spare, which is exciting because it means I can tease what's coming up on tomorrow's show. It's the thing we've been plugging for, it feels like forever. I never thought it would happen. And I thought if it did, it would be a damp squib. It's looking like we might be making history on tomorrow's show history dear listener we will reunite luton town's astroturf no no that was my reaction when i first heard that's what we're going to be doing but it turns out this might actually be quite a big thing justin dealey has has (laughs) has worked like crazy to prove me wrong and humiliate me live on air it's going to be big it's going to be live uh you can pop down if you go to the facebook page (coughs) excuse me we're going to put all of the details on there of where and when it's happening okay you can go along live Lucy sports park 7.30am, you can go along, you can see the, the football pitch being reunited, you can meet some stars, and if you've got any of the pitch, bring it down, alright? There we go. I think we did alright, that was quite a good fun show. If you missed any of it, do go and have a little listen on iPlayer, it's, it was some, some cracking bits and pieces. More cracking radio coming up now is one of my favourites. Jonathan Vernon-Smith is on. Speak to you tomorrow, ta-ta. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. What a smoothie. Thank you, Ian.